Well, hello. It is Thursday, May 28th. This month is flying. I feel like just yesterday I was turning 33. Hmm. Well, big news. The NHL laid out a roadmap to getting back in the game. We talked to Pierre Maguire about it. Yes, that Pierre Maguire. You probably, you might not like him if you're a hockey fan. And if you don't know hockey, get ready. The guy was a great conversation, and I'm a big fan of him. The Sanchez, Mark Sanchez, joins us. A.J. Hawk joins us yet again. Absolute legend of a man. And his jawline, by the way, is something that not a lot of humans have. He kind of has the look. His face looks like it's a shovel. That's his, how distinct his jawline is. One of the most handsome dudes walking this earth, also hilarious. And Michael Lombardi, former general manager for the Cleveland Browns and front office personnel for the New England Patriots and great gambler, breaks down life as a general manager in a conversation that I think you're going to like. If you enjoy this show, please tell somebody. Say, hey, you should listen to Pat McAfee Show 2.0. If you don't, just act like, you know, you never heard it before. Hashtag this is where I'm at, Pat. Please take a picture of you listening to the show, wherever it might be. Where have you been spending quarantine? Are you out and about? Are you living your life again? Go ahead and take a picture of that. Putting together something nice. And you might win some free merch. We appreciate the hell out of you. Let's get to the show, huh? Hey, stop talking. Let's get to the action. I will stop. Oh, Meek Mill retweeted me last night. No big deal. No big deal. Kind of a big deal, though. MBD, KBD. MBD, but KBD. MBD with KBD. I just want to let you know that I offered up to him, okay? He's trying to sell his bulletproof Escalade after learning about Tom Brady selling his Extendo Escalade for $300,000. Meek Mill is trying to sell his bulletproof Escalade for $200,000. I said, hey, how about this, Meek Mill? I'll swap out the Bentley that I purchased because I'm an idiot that just is a lawn ornament at this point, just sits in my driveway. I'll swap out the non-bulletproof Bentley, okay, for your bulletproof Escalade, and I'll give you a free eight bars for your next song in exchange for you coming on my show. I feel like it's a pretty fair deal. See if he gets back to me. Also, reach out to the buyer outage, Trevor Bauer. He's not up... He's not happy about something going on in the MLB negotiations, which seems like the MLB is not coming back. But shout out to Roman. Obviously, everybody knows Roman is the men's health brand that is trying to help you be the best you. Whether it's hair products, skin products, you name it, they have it to make you the ultimate you. The thing that we are currently uh, selling you and informing you about is... Quarantine sex is a real thing, okay? Get a little bit boring. Why don't you have some long sex? Why don't you have the best sex you've ever had in your life? Why don't you have sex after rubbing some Roman swipes on your shaft? Yes, Roman swipes are these geniusly crafted swipes that you rub on your baby maker moments before fornication. And it'll make you have longer, better sex. And it won't transfer to your partner, so nobody will even know that you were taking a performance-enhancing swipe. It arrives in your door, at your door, in discreet packaging. It's small enough to go in your pocket. Nobody will know you have it, and nobody knows that you have a secret weapon, a tag team partner in your pocket that's going to make you have longer, better sex. And right now, go to GetRoman.com forward slash Pat. Get free two-day shipping right now. It's a good deal. It'll make you better in a sack. 
GabrielHeaven.com forward slash Pat. We got a lot to talk about. Let's get to it. Joining us now is one of the voices of the NHL. You see him in between the glass. Uh, in Yep, that's accurate. Ladies and gentlemen, on NBC, former coach and scout. Now a man who knows everything about everybody that puts on skates. Ladies and gentlemen, Pierre Maguire. Pierre. Hey, Pat, really nice to visit with you. Nice to talk to a Pittsburgh guy that went to West Virginia and kicked a few balls. It's good. See, that's the thing about you, though, is you know everything about everybody, and I think that is something that is very, very important in your profession especially, but I do believe you're put in a position where it's like a no-win situation because you build up a lot of players that a lot of people say, oh, he hates my team, he doesn't like my team. It feels like you have an interesting relationship with the NHL fan base. Am I accurate in saying that? I, I think that's probably fair. My biggest thing is I want to support the players that play in the game. The venues are unbelievably difficult to play in. Obviously, as you know, you've been at the highest level. But I think the biggest thing is celebrate the journey of every player that gets there. They don't get there by themselves. More time than not, they got a lot of people to push them and help them and try to celebrate where they came from, how they got to where they are, and how they stayed where they are. Well, you're, I think you do a great job. Now, granted, out here in Indianapolis, we only get like one game a year every <laughs> once in a while. It's a Blackhawks game. I wish the NHL would kind of expand a little bit. Did we lose Pierre? Not okay. at all. Okay, well, you just dropped off the screen. So sorry about that. I think everyone, I th- great Wi-Fi on you, Pierre. You're picture perfect at the moment. Speaking of picture perfect, it feels like the NHL has put together a roadmap that I think is the best out of all the leagues it put together. This 24-team tournament with two hub cities, it feels like this is what the NBA should be doing. This feels like it's a really good idea out of the NHL. What are you hearing about the likelihood of this happening, and how long should we expect this to take until we roll this out? Great question, Pat. Number one, it is a roadmap. It is an idea. I wouldn't say that it's a perfect plan because we don't have a start date, we don't have a finish date, and we don't have the pods yet. But the truth of the matter is I think it does work out really well when you look at it. The fact of the matter is if you look at the top four teams on each side with Boston, Tampa, Washington, and Philly, they've merited those opportunities. And on the other side, the defending Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis, Colorado's an up-and-coming team, Dallas, those teams, Vegas, those uh, those top teams really belong where they are. But I think the biggest thing, Pat, when you look at it, this is more of a plan that has to have some finish to it, if you know what I mean. We need to have a starting date. We need to have a finishing date. We need to have the cities in play. And there are a lot of collective bargaining agreements, Pat, that still have to be answered to uh, in terms of compensation for players, in terms of how many people can actually attend from the teams. I mean, there's a lot that goes into this. The MLB and the MLBPA are nowhere near an agreement, and it revolves strictly around the cash. And then you listen to the NBA players talk about it, and the players, the NBA players are not about, it's not about the money, the revenue that they're going to generate, because they see this as an opportunity, I assume, to not only steal the show, because everybody will be watching this, but also as a brand builder, and it's good for the NBA, it's good for the league. When LeBron and Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul and the stars of the league come out and say, hey, we want to do this, let's make this happen, it's a much different world than when Blake Snell's on his Twitch saying, we ain't going to do this, and Bryce Harper says, I agree with him. What have the leaders of the NHL, the players, let's say, Sidney Crosby, greatest player to ever play hockey in the history of hockey and the history of everything like that. Ovechkin, you know, you go through it. What are the stars? Marshawn, I guess. What are the stars playing? Because we haven't heard much from hockey players, which, by the way, is normal. They don't talk much. But what are the players thinking uh, behind closed doors? Do you know? I do, actually. Some are thinking that they really want this to work and they want to come back. Others aren't so sure. 
I would tell you this, the guys that are probably in the most tenuous position are the guys that are potential unrestricted free agents. And there are about 25 of those that are big, big names that you got to wonder, and I haven't heard one way or the other from them, but you have to wonder if their representatives are saying, whoa, let's slow down a little bit on this because you rush players back into conditioning shape. You rush players back into high-profile games with a lot of intensity. Maybe those potential unrestricted free agents get hurt, and maybe they're not as valuable as they once were. The one thing I'd say in defense of Commissioner Bettman and Deputy Commissioner Daly, their first priority, number one priority, is the well-being of the players, and I mean that sincerely. I saw that on his plan yesterday. The first uh, bullet point was player safety and health is uh, paramount, I believe was his actual words, which I think is the right answer. But he's also the first commissioner to come out and say, hey, this is what we're trying to do. The NBA, Adam Silver has been very hands off. He's like, we'll make this decision later. We'll make this decision later. The the lot, not a lot of commissioners have come out and said, hey, this is what we're trying to do. Was this a leverage play by Bettman for the NHL and the NHL PA to kind of negotiate a deal? do you think or is this something that he really feels as if it is going to be able to come to fruition well some people speculate that pat there's no question so i think you're on to something there but i think quite frankly commissioner bedman really sees this as an opportunity for the league to take another step remember the nhl's big television partner is nbc nbc doesn't have the summer olympics so what's the perfect way of having a programming situation that works well for nbc that still has another year left on their contract to put hockey into that Olympic time slot and you'd have three or four games a day from all these different venues, or the two venues I should say, and that maybe fills a void programming wise a little bit at least for NBC. So the one thing I'd say is the NHL and NBC and the NHL have been amazing partners over the last 15 years. Phenomenal partners, Pat. But again, I can't stress this enough. Gary Bettman is an amazing problem solver. He's not a little bit good, Pat. He's really, really good when it comes to problem solving. Okay, so you just answered my next question because I said, whenever you're, I'm not even a college basketball fan, but when March Madness happens and I'm engulfed by college basketball, I'll watch because I can gamble on it, because I kind of see stories start to build and things like that. You guys in the NHL and NHL and NBC and everybody are seeing this as like a, a morning game, afternoon game, night game until we get to... How many days rest in between games what is the thought or projection you think not that this is obviously you're not abiding by law here if you say this law abiding statements but what is the projections of how that tournament will look from what i was told there'd be three games a day in each venue and so there are only two venues and so that would make a lot of sense and i think they'd probably like to have it all wrapped up in a two-month period so let's say we start in july you maybe finish in september and then you could open up the league again in november to start the 2021 season and it's critical that we have a full 2021 season with fans back in the building our sport unlike football I'll use football example you're an expert on that you guys even though gates are important you have a lot of television money we don't have nearly the television money we need gate receipts and if we don't have people in the building that's a problem for hockey well that's going to be solved by i assume government officials i don't know if gary bettman's yeah. going to be able to figure that one out even though he is a problem solver and probably will be talking to the government and part of that commissioner committee and things of that nature for the two hub cities that are being chosen we learned earlier from rumors on the internet nhl rumors daily nrd the guy's pretty good but the two hub cities let's say pittsburgh gets it because it's hockey time and <laughs> And let's say Las Vegas gets it because Las Vegas has already said that they would host the NBA. A casino or two has already said, we'll shut down everything. You can do this whole thing. Feels like Las Vegas is a home run, but let's say Pittsburgh is the other one. Will they have the Eastern Conference play in Vegas and the Western Conference play in Pittsburgh because they don't want any type of advantage for who had to travel for more and less? 
that's something that they are talking about right now because remember toronto is one of those sub cities too potentially so is columbus uh so is dallas so it would be very interesting i think one thing they have to look at is time zones really important so vegas matches off in the pacific time zone obviously in the mountain time zone for for game watching uh columbus pittsburgh toronto uh they match up really well in the eastern time zone so that's a positive so i think everything's still fluid but that's why i said when you started out the show i thought really poignantly by saying hey you know what this is more of a roadmap and an idea than it is an actual finished plan because we don't even know the hub cities yet pat we really don't i think it's a good idea though if the nhl is the first real sport i don't say real sport i I apologize to all the other sports that are currently happening but if they're a team sport the nhl can get eyes on their product from a lot of places that don't normally see it and i would assume bettman nbc and all the people with big brains are like hey let's do this last question before i let you go and i can't thank you enough why is Sidney crosby the greatest hockey player of all time (laughs) well he's not the greatest player of all time mario wait a second Mario Lemieux could be that guy. Bobby Orr could be that guy. Wayne Gretzky could be that guy. But he's in the discussion. He's in the discussion, Pat. Okay, so Ovi's the best goal scorer on earth right now. Uh, Maybe ever. For sure, he is the best goal scorer. Maybe ever. Yes, absolutely. But Sydney's the best player on earth right now? (laughs) I can't do that. See, when I I was fortunate enough to be part of the Penguins, we won two Stanley Cups. We had a guy that wore 66. He was really good. He was really good. He wasn't. So it was Yarmer Yager and Tommy Barrasso and Francis. I mean, one of your guys would have been Olf Samuelson, I know, just because. Oh, I loved Olf. Loved Olf, pal. Hey, Pierre, big fan of your work. Loved the sport. Can't thank you enough. Nick, do you have a question for Pierre McGuire? Yeah, Pierre, uh, in terms of best players on the ice, we just talked about that, but why is Mario Lemieux possibly the best human of all time? There we go. Uh, just as a gamer, gives back to society, cares so much about people. He's a cancer survivor. He's just an amazing man. Uh, it's a privilege to call him a friend, and I just love hanging with the guy. He's a pretty good golfer, too, but more than anything else, he just cares about humankind. He really does. He's an awesome human being. All the players and coaches, you guys have a genu- You have a, a real respect with everybody, huh? I do, yeah. I really respect everybody that does it, and uh, I respect everybody that coaches, too. You don't always get along with everybody, but at the end of the day, you got to measure up, uh, talk to people. You really do. Do you have any beef with anybody? Is there any noted beefs between Pierre Maguire and any players or anything like that? Not that I know of. That's good. How about that puck that almost got you right in the face? I don't know how that you know, does it. I'll, I'll tell you this one, Pat. My vision was saved by Dan Girardi, who just retired this year. He's the guy that yelled, look out. Look out, duck. And he wasn't talking to just me. He was talking to the whole Columbus bench as well. It was a great display of sportsmanship because he's a great defenseman that saw that puck coming. I was watching Columbus stretch out the zone against Tampa, so I wasn't even watching the play. But as soon as he said that, I just stepped back a little bit. And because of that, I got saved. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Pierre, we appreciate you putting your face in the line of duty out there for the sport of hockey. We can't wait to see it get back. Can't wait to see you work. Ladies and gentlemen, Pierre McGuire. Thank you, Pierre. Thank you very much. That was awesome. Hello. We're live. There's a thing like that circles on my screen. Tells me when we're live or not. It says going live, going live, circling, circling, going live, going live, and it says you're live. And it just so happened to be at the exact same time as the man sitting on my left, AJ Hawk, wanted to say something. What's going on? Welcome to Sports Talk Tuesday, May 26. How you feeling, Aaron? I'm feeling great. Good to be here. I, I appreciate you letting me know when you're going live. Well, I was trying to. I, I said, hey, we're going live. And then you, 
To be honest, I never know how long we're going. Sometimes this thing will sit here for like a minute and it'll be like buffering, 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 buffering. You're live. It just comes out of nowhere. You got to be ready at all times. That's what the computer's doing to me whenever I'm trying to go live every single day. Hey, do you think YouTube is. Uh are they worried that Rogan's going to Spotify? Are they worried that other people are going to be poached and, and get out of there? I think right now it's a big-time arms race, okay, in the content game. there It is a time where you need to load up on things. I think uh, not only Spotify, but you think about Apple's going to want to get into this game too. They already got Tunchi in there. They're trying to get into the content game right now. Then you look at... Um, uh, Google, obviously YouTube, and then you just go through the whole time. You, you start looking through the gamut. There's a lot of people looking to acquire content and audio in the world right now. It's a great time to be a human that's in the content game uh, because the world is looking for it. It's a great time to be in this game. And uh, I think every single day that I get a chance to talk to AJ Hawk in front of his books every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. How you feeling today, brother? I'm feeling pretty good. How much do you think the Rogan deal was really for? Like, how much do you think he actually gets? Everybody's saying that there was a lot more than just the $100 million. The $100 million uh, amount. Probably 100 mil cash and then a bunch of money in stock options, don't you think? I'm not sure if it was stock options or if there was more money in cash with stock options on top. I, I think there was a lot of money. I mean, I think there was. I'm sure there's stipulations, too. Like, hey, if you drive or like subscribership up this much you get a, you get a big chunk like he has bonuses built in because it's a huge deal for him to go exclusive to spotify i do believe there's incentives and he's not exclusive exclusive he's actually just licensing the show he can still post clips on youtube which even when it goes fully exclusive like in september of 2021 or whatever i do believe that i don't know if it's the, i think it's the new i don't year. think it's going to be on youtube anymore i think he's allowed to put clips up though i think from my understanding of reading whatever okay. he's allowed to put some clips up i don't know i'm not 100 sure but that deal is a great deal for every other content maker that's on the internet just like whenever barstool sold the pen at a 450 million dollar valuation that's a good deal for every other human that talks about sports on the internet there's there's a couple trailblazers of the internet that make deals happen that has a uh, trickle down effect that helps out everybody else barstool rogan things of that nature those are people that that do that type of stuff so it's obviously something as soon as it happens you know you you go you start snooping around a little bit you're like excuse me how much money 100 million dollars damn then you start digging deep and they're like much more than 100 million dollars they're reporting 100 million dollars was not an accurate it's much more than 100 million dollars i'm like well good for joe rogan i read an entire article on him uh basically i forget what old school journalism platform it was but they said the joe rogan in those types are the new mainstream media and the quote that i took out of the whole thing is why would you when you can't get canceled you have a lot more freedom to do stuff and joe rogan talked about how in the middle of this pandemic with 38 million people going on unemployment it feels he feels bad almost that this deal happened but he's unusually or weirdly wealthy at this point he, he said something of that nature about how like this is all very mind-blowing to him as well and the amount is massive but this is a guy who's worked for this what 18 years 20 years mm -hmm. almost Long he's time. been building for this thing i mean it's a it's a great deal for spotify too because if you're a rogan listener you're gonna find where you can listen to joe rogan at and i think uh good deal for rogan good deal for spotify and in the article i read they already made their money back with the stock bump so the, the amount the stock went up he they already made their money back for what they paid him initially what was reported so maybe they haven't made the actual amount of money but uh yeah they already made a bunch of money back in the stock and everything like that and that's what joe rogan does he moves the needle either for you or if you smoke weed on his show against you <laughs> shout out elon musk elon went on again did you see any of his second appearance on rogan i did not 
It was pretty good. I yeah, mean, it, the kid. Elon is such a weird, smart guy. Like Joe could ask him a question, and Elon sometimes will pause for like fifteen seconds to like think about what he's going to say to answer him. Everything I say here is going to be calculated completely because the last time I was on this fucking show, my stock crashed. <laughs> Changing my kid's name to Roman numerals. <laughs> That's what happened on the last time, right? That was the, the last big change. All the boys are here, by the way. Diggs, Nick, Ty, Zito, Foxy, and Boston Connor, also known as Coach Campbell on the internet. He's not currently Duh. Coach Campbell, though, right? This is not Coach Campbell? No, it's not. I got the glasses on now. I could be yelling, but I'm not going to. What is, is that? that your coach? speak no that's that's not it, coach campbell that, is, a co is a coach whisper i don't want to yell on the show right now so i'm whispering so are you everybody. coach campbell right now oh yeah this is coach campbell oh yeah in my workout gear yeah coach campbell's getting after it right now oh yeah he was oh yeah have time. you seen this coach campbell video yet aj no i saw it actually run without it. volume i scrolled through <laughs> it we Z's have on. to run it this is oh, thanks for scrolling past it aj appreciate that this no might problem. be the best thing <laughs> that connor's ever pieced together and i feel like this series is going to become something that we are going to get a chance and an opportunity to watch grow it is next level obviously you know mitt mitt was all hung over yesterday a bag of alcohol he's basically a boxed wine yesterday i mean a guy so hung over after a memorial day weekend at the age of 21 uh coach campbell because because he's a wide receiver at a university. Did you know that? DePaul University, he's a wide receiver? Yeah, he can't have his coaching staff know that he's been hung over all, all weekend. Well, uh, well, well it's funny late. you say that because this is actually what happened yesterday with Coach Campbell in the series that's about to take over the internet, I think. Welcome to Coach Campbell's Hungover Hell. This son of a bitch was out all weekend with the floozies and his buddies drinking beers. So you know what we're going to do? This is the best part. <laughs> Think about Connor editing this together and how good he felt putting this thing at the end. Yeah, look at the earth. It looks so good. Oh, man. He was hitting with yeah, the, the problem stick. is the earth is round in that, though. The earth can't be round in your graphic. Are you a flat earther? You think I that... Thought Thought Connor might have been a flat earther. You think I'm a flat earther? Connor is not a flat earther. Come on, sense, I'm though. not a flat earther. The earth is round, just like all the other planets. Okay. That is interesting. What do the flat earthers think about the other planets? Do they ever get asked about that? Like, I've never thought about that. That's a good question. Like, okay, Earth is flat, so the rest of them are. No, they probably think the other planets don't exist. Like, it's all a hologram or something. Speaking of hologram, somebody tweeted me this and told me I could take their idea, which is very nice of them. 
since there's no crowds going to potentially be available for some things you're seeing it in bundesliga right now and other things he said and i quote why don't we have the nerds create holograms of fans in the stands for these things and boom we have an actual fan base now all of a sudden i will say this i will say this bundesliga on fox is piping in crowd noise and I like it a lot more than I thought it would. I thought it would sound terrible because it's like, well, there's nobody in the crowd. I can see that. But they shoot it in a way that they're not getting everybody that you can see empty seats. They put some tarps over some things because if the sound is there and you don't see anybody, then it can be weird. But they pumped in crowd noise in this one game I was watching this weekend. I loved it. And I think that was exactly what Joe Buck was referring to whenever he said the Fox is going to try to do some things for the broadcast, maybe pump in some noise. And it felt like the Bundesliga uh, production had somebody who was like controlling the cheers and the boos and like, hey, we need this to be accurately timed here. When a good thing happens, needs to go crazy. When something bad happens, let's boo. Ref makes a bad call. Fuck you. Like that whole thing was happening. I liked it a lot more than I thought it would. I don't want that to be the new normal for sports going forward, but I think it's helped me kind of carry through uh, watching places with zero fans in the stands. Do you agree with that whole thing? I do agree that if if it's done right, like you said, if the audio guy is always like, if he's if he's riding the controls up and down throughout the game, like oh, it's a big play, here we go, we're getting louder. It's almost like, can you like, do you sleep in complete silence, Pat, or do you have some kind of fan or sound going? I got a fan going next to me. Can't sleep without it. By the way, need not because it's like the, that. Yeah. Don't you think it's that? Like you, when you if you try to sleep, say you turn the t- like you're watching TV, you turn the TV up. Okay, let's tuck in. Let's just hit the head. Let's go to bed. Your room is so dead quiet. I feel like it's impossible to sleep. That's why kids, like all my kids have sound machines and it puts me to sleep. Like it's so nice. So maybe it's something like that to where our brains just, it registers where, okay, there should be noise here. If done right, it, it can help out. It's not as good as actually having the fans in the stands, but it can do a little bit. Have we gotten away from the potential big screen TV surrounding the football field yet? Have we gotten away? Has that idea officially been ruled out with people zooming in as if it's Roger Goodell watching the game live there? I guess it would be difficult because the zoom cam would have to be right in front of it. If the game's, well, they would have to have somebody controlling the zoom cam to kind of catch the action. But has that been completely ruled out yet? Stephen Ross, uh, Miami owner, uh, Dolphins owner guy he came out on CNBC and said we're definitely going to have a season it's just whether or not fans will be in the stands which is kind of expected at this point but I feel like we're on the road back and I might be completely wrong New Jersey opened up for pro- uh, professional sports New York opened up for professional sports California it's just how will we be able to roll back into 70,000 people being right next to each other, 100,000 people being right next to each other, 15,000 people being right next to each other. I don't know how that all plays out, but I'm pumped to see the people that get creative with it. And I think the Fox, with the Bundesliga coverage, got creative with it, with the sound. It made it much better than I thought it could. I need to go back and watch some of that to see what it actually sounds like and looks like. But also, like, what does training camp look like? I know New Jersey opened up and said, like, okay, the teams can have training camp here at their normal facilities. Normally, training camp is the only time of the year where it's open to the public. We know that's most likely not going to be the case. But are they going to try to limit other people that come around? Like, okay, you know, we've talked about it. Refs come around, and they'll spend like three days with the team, and they'll ref practices, and they get yelled at all day by the the guys on the field. And then they come into your team meeting, and they explain the new rules. Like, are things like that going to happen? Well, Mark Cuban said it's going to be like a – Welcome to the Hotel California. Such a lovely place. Such a lovely place. Such a lovely place. Plenty of room at the Hotel California. 
What a nice surprise. When you're you can you check know who sings that, Pat? Eagles. You can check in, but you can never leave. Oh, eat it. They're saying that, by the way, I'm a jukebox, but and people have realized that by watching these shows, but you can check in, but you can never leave. So I would assume training camp would be just like that, where you once you get in, you get tested on the way in or whatever test they're doing, whether it's a, a, a temperature test or something of that nature. But then if you want to get out, the only way you're getting out is if you get cut. Other than that, you're stuck in there for the whole entire time. I would assume that's going to be the way it is for a lot of things. There talking about that with while ufc was doing it they're talking about how uh, i would assume that the mlb was thinking about doing it the nba the nhl it's a, there's a lot of that conversation happening where it's like you get tested in you stay and then you just hope that if you're around a bunch of people that don't have it nobody will have it and then you move forward i would assume that's the first step yeah it, it makes me think of everyone okay so a team has an away game are all the flight attendants are all they are all they getting tested the pilots like anyone around the team is everyone going to be somewhat quarantined together i don't want my pilot having coronavirus <laughs> no, no by the way no thanks what's he doing huh? breaker breaker one nine i'm puking and <laughs> having uh what did uh they say some people have said that when they had it they had like um trips like acid trips they yeah, like hallucinations things, yeah. Cuomo, yeah cuomo said that yeah damn Imagine your pilot up there just like, oh, I mean, is it all of a sudden going to hit him while he's in the air? Like, he's not going to know beforehand? You don't know? Yeah. Hey, you don't know? We had a musician in our office, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's got it. He said that uh, somebody came in his house, and that's how it happened. It came out of nowhere. Hey, where was I? I was supposed to be there. You were, we were having a show, and you said a guy was going to be playing music. Was yeah. I there? Yeah, he ended up playing for our first show. For our first show, he uh, because that's where I, I uh, he striked us on, so we had to get a version of the song. Which Struggle Bus is he's he's on the Struggle Bus now, Clayton Anderson, because with the coronavirus. But Struggle Bus is a, an absolute banger. But he's got the coronavirus now. I don't know. This is the first person I know that has gotten the coronavirus. By the way, I, I wait. I, so he was there two weeks ago, and then when did you find out he had it? He last week. Last week he found out. What yeah. did he do? Call to let you know or text you? No, no, no. A Facebook video is how we found out. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even a call or a text. It was a Facebook video. And I was, I was watching. I was like, wait a fucking minute, pal. Okay, Tim McAfee's here. He, he's an old. What are we doing here? And then I, so I reached out to him. I gave him a T's and P's. Hope everything's all right. Obvious question here. It's like you know, you kind of did come in raw, dog. Here, you got any? Uh, and he said he told me the whole story. I feel terrible for him. He, he said he feels bad, 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 bad. It's not good, not good. But Struggle Bus is a good song. But he he currently has it. He's the first person I know that has had it. But I don't know how easy it is to transmit. Remember, six. It was supposed to be six foot distancing, and then there's studies say they don't. I don't. I know nothing about this virus. All I do is I like to read the room. The room feels as if we're ready to open up back up, and that could be completely wrong with what the coasts are feeling. But here in America, boy, it is wide open out here. Time to go. It is wide open. Memorial Day weekend was a. Doo -doo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're fucking done with this, pal. Let's go ahead and hit the boats. We're <laughs> over. Is it like that in Ohio? I'd assume so. Yeah, it is. I haven't been out and about too much, but we're already getting emails about like my seven-year-old son's baseball team going to start up practice soon. They say they want to have games starting in early June already. Yeah, like in a week or two. I so thought about. Go. I thought about like younger kids. Like, let's say you're in school, a teenager, and you live out in the country a little bit. Like, this has probably been a really hard time, right? You're, you're kind of away from all your friends. You probably haven't been allowed to travel. Now, granted, if you live out in a farm, I assume you have a lot of brothers and sisters because it's a bunch of that stuff. But I assume there's a lot of kids. What's that? 
bunch of that stuff. Well, they work. You, you, you're literally creating workers. That's what you're. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. I just the way you word it was. Sex, the parents having sex, a lot of sex, a lot of sex. Oh, see, I thought you were inferring uh, the brothers and what sisters. What about Amish people? No, no. Has it affected them much? Amish people have lived in social distancing and quarantine this entire time. They've had it right all along. They're like Howie Mandel. They're fist bumping too. They're not talking to many of us. But I thought about like. Imagine you're in seventh or eighth grade or whatever. Your your leagues shut down. Not allowed to play spring sports in schools. Sometimes the only place you get to eat or hang out with anything yeah. like this is. I think it's going to change a lot of things. Now, granted, I I don't have a child, so I don't know how you're going to have to handle that for them going forward. I'm not 100 percent sure how your kids have handled the quarantine or if they have good neighborhood and stuff like that. But it, there's a lot of insane backlash and ripple effect. I think that's going to come from this entire thing. Well, it's, it's just become super political now, too. Like, mask, no mask. Like, it, it's, it's ridiculous. We're, I don't know. I, I think you're right. None of us know. None of us really have an answer. We, we don't know what's happening. I don't know. We're all just waiting to hear what we're supposed to do. Guy driving in a Honda Accord next to me all by himself had a mask on this morning. He ain't fucking around. I've seen a lot of that lately. I really have. But then I go into the grocery store, and maybe half the people have masks on. But then I see... I mean, maybe 40% of people driving are wearing the mask. The driver, the guy next to me this morning while I was driving in, by the way, wide open roads again. Oh, yeah. Nice. Beautiful. It was beautiful. You guys cruising? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of people having that mitt hangover today. I don't think they're out and about. It was wide open. But the the person in the car all by themselves with the mask on, very intriguing to me. It's like, okay, do you think something's coming through the air conditioner? Is that is it just floating down the highway? Like what? what yeah, that, that guy's a fool. Talk about flat earther. That guy believes in the flat earth right there. Uh, you don't know. He's probably just told like, hey, you Jeez. never know how this uh, coronavirus uh, is going to come. Maybe he's got on. asthma or something. Come yeah, on, maybe he does on. have asthma. Maybe it's a short trip and it's a tie mask. You yeah, know, maybe. Tie and untie, yeah, maybe you know? he's a fool. Maybe he's an idiot. Yeah, I have, but I have asthma. If you're wearing a mask driving, that is detrimental to your health. So. The mask is interesting, man, because I have such a big nose. I have such a large nose. It is a wild scene to go in there. I used to go bandana on my motorcycle, though, you know? I used to go bandana on my face, sunglasses, hat. Is that just to keep bugs out of your mouth? Why Like, why would you do that? No, mostly because it makes me look like a bandito out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm How many Harleys do you have? Currently? Or just, yeah. like, over my entire life frame? I guess right now, how many do you own? Two. There's two of them. Two of them right now at the, the house. The one I saw you on was kind of like a a weekender, like that you'd put your lady on the back and you go over across the like you you go across the country and it has like saddlebags and area to, to store luggage on. Oh, you talking about my street glide that's got a little bit of an air ride? <laughs> And then do you have like a, like a, leg, a legit Harley then? Like a one-seater that you can just cruise? Legit, legit Harley. This my street guy. glide would blow by all of my other I'm not bikes, talking right? about speed. I'm talking about do you have one that's more like cut down, more like not doesn't have the big old compartments to carry a bunch of stuff? Yeah, I had a chopper at one point, and then I had a, uh, a fat fat boy i believe at one point i had a bunch i've had i've gone through a lot of bikes but this one's my favorite one this one is my absolute favorite it looks like the batmobile this fucking bike it's, oh, it's you're saying it's a weekender i mean this guy this guy he's never seen it in person 
person. Um, they got no yeah, he has, like he has that seen it in person. I pulled up to him whenever he's walking around. He was calling an Adidas high school game for seven hours straight with no commercials. I and I saw him out. during the day, this guy. He's probably hanging out with Mitt. He was probably hammered. Yeah, he probably was. Still driving that three-wheeler he has. Yeah, oh, the geezer glider. You got the old geezer glider over there, pal. The old trike. Oh, uh, what was that called? No, it was the... You wanted to rent it to us during uh, uh, December yeah. to February. Yeah, slingshot. It was nice of you. The slingshot. slingshot. That thing was fast and low to the ground. It was fun. That thing sucked. <laughs> <laughs> the, the people that created that, they're like, hey, we got one out there for a promotional. Uh, AJ's got it till January. We're thinking you maybe get this thing with no roof and three wheels from January to February in the middle of Indianapolis. <laughs> Sounds like a good fucking deal. Take a hike. Hope, you're, hope you never well, sell another one. Guess what, Pat? I had it from December to January, so how much do you think I was able to use it? Well, you said you loved it right there. You said it was awesome. I did, for about four minutes at a time, and then my face <laughs> froze off and I went back in the garage. Those things were pretty awesome, though. Because that's just like a... That's a donut heaven, right, that thing? You just put that thing sideways and just feather the, the gas a little bit. I think it's technically considered a motorcycle, but yeah, it was it was cool. You put a plow on that thing, probably uh, be able to plow your driveway pretty easily. What was that other thing? Uh, Pan Am, maybe? Might have been a Pan Am. Two wheels in the front, one wheel in the back. It kind of changed the way uh, it was considered a motorcycle. Is it called like a T-Rex or something? Like some dinosaur? That's a slingshot, I think. Oh, okay. the, uh, I think it's Pan Am. Can Am. Pan Am. Can Am has like Can-Am. the side-by-sides and like Polaris's, like stuff like that. Are you talking Can-Am, that you go through yeah. trails in the woods? Can Am has the two in the front. Can you pull that up? There's two, in the fr- two wheels in the front, one in the back. Oh, it's yeah. like a motorcycle more, but it's automatically balanced or whatever. I thought it's that for like old people to ride motorcycles. That's yeah, what yeah. It is. But whenever it first came out, they were trying to market it as like the new cool thing or whatever. And I like went and took a look at it. And I was like, I don't know if I can get on this one. <laughs> this seems like something I should not do. Almost bought my dad one. Tried to buy my dad one. My mom's out. Yeah, that thing right there. That, that thing's sweet. See, I thought that like people were going to get like on board. That's like what cops cruise around on the beach. <laughs> yeah, I thought people were going to get on board with that because the donuts would be majestic. On <laughs> How many wrecks have you gotten in? What? Motorcycle wrecks. None, bro. I got great it's vision. It's not you. It's the people around you. You got to be. It's all everyone now, driving by you texting. I agree. People say that, and I'll get in an accident at some point, and this will come back to haunt me. But you have to drive for the other people when you're on a motorcycle. Like you literally have to drive for the other people. Like I'm watching the driver while I'm riding my bike. If that makes sense. So like you'll see their arm move before their car will move, or you'll see their head glance at least a little bit. I'm doing that while I'm riding, or I'm getting the hell out of the spot that I'm in. And that might be called I don't know if that's super defensive or offensive driving but i am a mover and a shaker on there i i don't have time to fuck around for somebody else who's a terrible driver to take me out i got shit to do so i'm gonna get out of the way and in indiana i'm on a lot of wide open roads but yeah you never have a conversation with anybody who's been on a motorcycle it's like yep never gotten an accident in my entire life most people have gotten into something i would assume and i'm just hoping that i'm one of the anomalies that never happens i hope the same as well i know chopper has a, a harley here my father-in-law he got in a wreck first week he had it he was coming up over a hill and like it was a thing where you go up and down, like you're coming up a hill and right over the top of the little hill somebody stopped completely in the oh, road and it was like 55 shit, and so i was like what'd you do he's like i had to dump that thing and ride it into the woods like he had to go down sideways and everything and we didn't even know about it until he was walking around our house a couple days later in these little short shorts and he just had nasty road rash all over like his ass down his quad and it was amazing <laughs> i'm a casual rider mostly though like, I'll just casually ride, casually cruise with the lady. Then if it's wide open, let's go for it a little bit. The first time I got a bike, I got a bike my rookie year because my mom said, you will never be allowed to have a motorcycle when you're under my roof. 
So in college, I got a scooter, just kind of warm it up. Like, let's see, let's see how I do here. That thing was incredible. Had an electric start and everything like that. Then when I became a rookie and I got a paycheck and I was under my own roof, I was driving down the street and this guy had this chopper on the side of it. It was almost basically telling me to buy it. So I drove by it like probably 15 times. I had no idea how to ride a motorcycle at the time. I finally stopped. It was after one of those poker games. I think I had a shit ton of money on me at the point. And he was like, uh, he was like, how can I help you or whatever? I was like, I'd like to buy the bike out there. He told me a price. I offered him an extra $500 on top of it to ride it back to my house because I didn't know how to ride it, right? So I gave the guy the asking price plus 500 bucks. He takes it back to my apartment I was living in at the time. I parked my my car at the time and I'm just looking at it basically for like three, four hours, literally like, all right, I'm not gonna ride it until I learn how to ride a motorcycle. Like that would be very stupid of me to get on this motorcycle without knowing. And it was a Titan, which had like, uh, I think 1600 cc and it. it was a big boy so i tell a couple of my friends that ride bikes like they're like well why the fuck did you buy the ferrari of motorcycles for your first one i was like i didn't know that i, I knew it looked cool i didn't know it was so big so i looked at it for like three four hours whatever and then finally i couldn't take it anymore i got on top of that thing stalled out like four or five times and then i got going got into the town there was a red light did a couple laps around a parking lot until it turned green again and then i kind of just figured it out from there got my permit then my license moved on i feel pretty good about yeah. my, my riding ability it's been over a decade at this point but boy those first couple years there were some sketchy times when i was on that fucking titan i mean it was that thing was way too powerful for me it had no back tiny little seat and i used to just you know get a little bit aggressive with the old a little bit of that thing did yep. you ride it into the facility for the colts never not a single time would i have ever done that ever but jeff saturday and them did a whole motorcycle ride for charity so it was like i felt like whenever i saw that they were doing that i was like oh i can have a motorcycle then then i learned that if i was to get hurt they would not have covered that insurance <laughs> i would have been on that for myself there yeah that's what you can't do people always think in a contract that says like oh no skydiving no motorcycle riding it doesn't specifically say that stuff at least on contracts i've seen but it does say if you get hurt anything outside of football, like we can take your money. We are not paying for it, pal. It's so all that's on you. why you, you got to limp in and act like you did at the facility. This, Yeah, absolutely. I would get through at least one or two plays of the first period when we're punting. And then, oh, my God, did I just... Yeah, I did. I fractured my hip. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, they're like, wait, why is your whole back... Like, your whole backside is just raw you wow. got full blown road rash everywhere nah, they came through and blocked it they got me and <laughs> you know that turf was hot that day it was pretty burn yeah. me up yeah just gonna probably need an entire thing here probably needed six seven weeks too it's not a good decision to do that obviously a bad decision at the time but it's got me to this point where i'm very comfortable on a bike and i enjoy the hell out of it. it's like my uh it's probably my favorite hobby because you can't pull your phone out literally cannot pull your phone out it's just music you know it's probably the only time in your life where you don't pull your phone out isn't it? bingo Yep, that is it. You got the lady on the back of the steel pony, you know? We're going to cruise around. It's really nice. It's really good. I, I understand, man. I see that. Like, where I live, you can get out to some nice little roads that don't have a whole lot of traffic on them pretty close to me when the weather is warm and I hear Chopper pulling up in our driveway and it's like man it, it would be nice every once in a while to cruise around on a motorcycle my son of a bitch is loud too that thing is too oh, loud yeah. like when i got this this one i got two years ago it is too loud like i don't like being that biker you know that's coming through and like brr, like very very loud but then i got this one and it's got some special pipes on it i forget what it is anytime i'm going under an overpass that son of a bitch clutch is coming in and it's loud through that entire thing and you see just cars oh my god and then we're <laughs> what off the hell the, is that what the hell is that jesus 
Is that an airplane taking <laughs> off? Is there a train in the middle of the road? That son of a bitch! Jesus! That's what happens. Hey, how was Mike Lombardi? He was great this morning. He talked about how the 4th and 15 alternate option to an onside kick there at the end of a game, you can only do two of them. He hates the thought of it because you shouldn't link special teams and offense together. If they're kicking onside kick at the end of the game, there's probably a reason. They've been down this entire time. Why would you give a team a chance for whether a ref wants to call a pass interference, which is an automatic first down, maybe a roughing the passer, maybe a, a, gra a grab or something of that nature that's an automatic first down. It's like you're giving a lot of different people a lot of responsibility when they should deserve it he, he's very against the idea and once you started opening up and chatting about the refs potentially calling a, a pass interference or anything of that nature i mean once you start thinking about that you're like damn and now you can't review the pass interference too it's like all you need is one ref to get a little flag happy or whistle happy and it's like bang a team that does not deserve to be in this thing is all of a sudden back in the game and it's like that's a lot of pressure on the refs all of a sudden and i assume they're going to do this because they want a little bit more of a success rate they want teams that know that they still have a chance at the end of a game they want fans to know that they team... want fans to know that they still have a chance that's yeah, the main thing to keep them tuned in and gamblers too but boy there i see this becoming a quite a conspiracy haven if a call is made for the cowboys or for the patriots or some of that nature people are going to lose their mind they're like oh this fucking earpiece you was told to give them the ball so they can get back into thing i mean that they're just waiting for that moment to happen the, i mean just adding another thing to the ref's plate when they already have too much to handle already and think about it. if you're fourth and 15 and you're gonna that's your like your onside kick of course what are you gonna tell the quarterback number one thing don't take a sack idiot whatever happens throw the ball put it up in the air hopefully we get a pass interference spot foul first down and, and we're moving and we got a chance to win this thing so the it will be a, i guess it's a fun thing to add some entertainment to the end of the game i i don't mind it i i don't know once he started talking about the refs potentially getting involved i'm like you know, that's good forethought. That's something I would have never thought. I would have thought, you know, fourth and 15, if a team gets it, good on them. If a defense can't stop them, that's on them. But then you start thinking about the human factor, and you're like, wait a minute. these How tired are those defensive players going to be, too? Oh, because a drive just happened, right? They just got scored on. That's why this whole thing's happening. And Michael Lombardi talked about how the defense was doing their job. They were running out the clock. They were keeping everybody in. Maybe they had a seven-minute drive, but they're going to be dead, right? And all they were trying to do is, yeah, they gave up points, but all they were trying to do was kill the clock. That was the objective of that drive for the defense was to let this clock keep ticking. Even though they gave up points, they're still on the field for a long It's just like, uh, now you got to – I don't know. It's going to change a lot. I think it's going to change a lot. Gambling-wise, too, it's going to change a lot, which I think Lombardi was also passionately talking about because he's a pretty big yep. voice in the gambling world. Where, where does the 4th and 15 where, – where do you attempt it from? What yard line? You're 25. Okay. Still have a ways to go. Well, pick if you get, six, if you get 50, If you say you get 16, you still got a ways to go. Hold on, though. Pick six, though? I mean, you're talking about a lot of things that can happen gambling-wise here. Oh, gambling-wise, yeah, it's going to change a lot. Oh, a lot, a lot. Now, granted, you could return an onside kick to the house. It, those things still remain with the onside kick, but it's not, I don't know, it, it's it's going to cause quite a clusterfuck if it happens. Yeah. And I hope- Are kickers upset? Like, are kickers mad that they're not going to be able to attempt as many onsides? I would be. I'm not 100% sure how many- kickers take a lot of pride in their onside kicks though right because you're not getting paid for onside kicks it's not like hey you know what you're a really good onside kicker you're gonna make this team like that is that, you're right that's never been brought up has it like when you're evaluating oh should this team sign this kicker they never like 
Hey, he's 0 for 30 on onside kick attempts. <laughs> eh, who cares? Maybe we'll try the punter to do it. But it is once you get into it, it's something you could potentially take a lot of pride in. But that's not what you're making the team on. That's not what you're staying on the team for. And that's not what you're making your money off of. So whenever you're putting work in onside kicks, you're technically taking away from potential work that could be directly benefiting your bank account and your team. So it's just one of those things you have to do on the side, which I did because I was you know, kind of upset that I wasn't great at him. And then I went to work on him. I'm like, you know what? Pretty fucking good here all of a sudden. And now they're going to be forgotten about forever because they're getting taken out of the game. Son of a bitch. It's all for the safety of the game, right? Hey, player safety, player self. For the shield. Represent the shield. It's not a privilege. Nope, it is a privilege, not a right to play in the NFL. <laughs> That's the news. What's the news? Uh, the hosts of the ESPYs have been announced. Who are they? Uh, yeah. uh, Megan Rapino. Sue Bird and Seattle Seahawks quarterback and Yankees shortstop slash Hall of Famer Russell Wilson. Okay, here we go. Yes! Thank right. you, God! You know, pass. That's who I always want. I want, yep. I want. you know, Megan Rapinoe, incredible soccer player, great activist. You Wait, know, is it is it going to be a Zoom? S Sue Bird? Yeah, you love Sue Bird. I'm not 100% sure I know who Sue Bird is. Former point guard for the Seattle uh, WNBA franchise. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. A lot wait, of how, wait, what is the setup, though? Is it all virtual? No idea. No idea. It sounds like it's it going to be electrified. <laughs> Ty, wait, did Ty campaign enough to get Russell on there? How did this happen? Well, the thing is, Russell Wilson just gave up 300,000 meals on Sunday. Oh, Russell man. Wilson is a two-sport athlete that are being represented at the ESPYs. Potentially one of the greatest athletes of all time, Deion Sanders, Bo Jackson, Rob Gronkowski, multi-sport <laughs> athletes. Russell Wilson's one of them, and he's incredible on the microphone. I'm thankful that he, Sue Bird, and R Megan Rapino are on the mic for this ESPYs. This is going to be one that we'll never, ever, ever forget. Yeah, no thanks um i think you know i mean i can see why they have russell wilson but who wants to watch a guy just go up there and kiss everyone's ass and squeeze butts for three hours and talk about how great everyone is it seems like this show's gonna suck yeah, yeah. i believe isn't super and rapino aren't they together too they are is that why? they are they will be in no the we need also. norm mcdonald back you ever watch norm mcdonald's monologue from the sbc he killed everybody huh. <laughs> Is that a Norm McDonald impression? Uh, I don't really Seemed have like a little bit. Ty. Ty. Seemed like it was. Bring it out, Ty. Ty. You seen this guy, Russell Wilson? Uh, this guy's a kiss ass. Uh, <laughs> nobody likes him. Uh, annoying as shit. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. I think everybody likes him, Ty. I no. do. I like Russell Wilson. I like him. Done a 300,000 meals. Good on him for that, too. Would have been 400,000, too. Representing the Yankees and the Seahawks in such a good fashion. So, Why do you always put the Yankees in there for him? Just to piss me off and goad me. <laughs> That's factual. I couldn't tell. Go Yankees. And Russell. Huh? Huh? That's what I'm doing tired every time I talk about it. No one worth know. a shit playing baseball's ever been number 73. And that was oh Russell my, get off of training jersey. They're talking about bringing anyways. him back for the MLB on this short uh, offseason because they know he'll be ready and not everybody else will be ready. Mm -hmm. Russell Wilson, you don't have to get ready if you stay ready. And when it comes to baseball, they drop Russell Wilson in spring training. It looks like a fucking perennial all-star. Yankees there. are dropping like flies, too. They need Russ in the clubhouse Indeed. right now. Exactly, especially with uh, the governor of yeah. Cuomo uh -huh. saying, hey, Russell, yeah. come on back, pal. Come on Wait, back. Wait, what's going on with the Yankees, Connor? 
Judge is hurt. Sanchez is hurt. I think another guy, Severino, got hurt again. I mean, it's really a train wreck. Wait, did they the get Yanks. surgery once the whole COVID thing started or something? I think so. They yeah. all might be out for the season. No, but Russell Wilson is sitting over there in Washington yeah. with three or 300,000 meals on deck for people saying, hey, you want to put the bat in my hands, pal? The pinstripes are in good hands. That's what that means. He's ready. He's ready. Credit to Connor for turning his light on today. Thank you. You know what, AJ? It's Coach Campbell. Thanks. He's coachable. Most coachable coach around. He told me that yesterday. He said, I'm the most coachable coach you'll ever see. What does that mean? I don't know, but you know what I just realized as you stood up? Like this bat is it's getting out of control. Like the amount of time the amount of <laughs> minutes me? that you hold on to this bat during the show is starting to anger me. What? Why? <laughs> Why it's a big AJ. baseball show? Say, what's wrong, like, AJ? I don't know if it's clips I've seen or so like where you're just sitting there and we're having a conversation and I don't realize it in the moment, but you're just sitting there just kind of wiggling the bat <laughs> and you're just having a normal combo. And I'm like, wait, what is what? Why? Me and Michael Jordan. Bat? Me and Michael Jordan. We just have conversations with our bat, waiting for our next time to get at bat in the double A for the Birmingham Barons, pal. I think I'm a le- I think I am. You are lucky. Yeah, get, get that back elbow down. I mean, how do you not know? You're 33 years old. <laughs> I've only played once, dude. You Three. play golf righty, so I would imagine right hand should feel more comfortable. Yeah, but it doesn't for some reason. Unless I hold it like, is that, that's how I hold it. No, nah, don't interlock. No, no, no. no. Well, you're yeah. left. He's you're left. Parents call. You're left. <laughs> Definitely interlock. interlock. There it is. Yeah. Oh. Elbow's too high. Jordy's going to kill you. Why is the elbow supposed to be low? I was told that the elbow's supposed to be high. Keep it tight. It's got to drop anyways yep. when you swing. So. Mm-hmm. Torque. Yeah. You're, waste, you're wasting time when it's up. Yep. You keep it that high, you're going to be popping out to the infield quite a bit. I just hope it can get off the fucking ground. I just hit three <laughs> grounders last time with my weak hand. <laughs> I'm learning. With my weak hand, pal. By the way, I might be able to see the ball better from this side because holding, I'm on this side for a righty. Oh. So it might be actually. That's why you're feeling more comfortable then. Yeah, what eye, are you Are you right eye dominant? So I think I'm left eye dominant actually, which would mean I'm a righty bait baseball bat then, right? Because that's the near eye there. You still have dominant mm-hmm. eyes when you get LASIK? Oh. Yeah, I think, I think so. Well, How really? about you just close them one at a time and see which one you see better out of? <laughs> All right, here we go. What are you doing? I'm a lefty. I'm a lefty. <laughs> yep. Have you ever done that before? You, I, I know I'm, my right eye has been better than my left my whole life. Whichever when so the triangle what, moves. Right? So whenever you put that thing in there, right, whatever you see in there with both eyes, then close your eyes. Oh, they're both the same. Yeah, whichever. Then you're, which one stays the same? Both. What are you talking about? You're like a fighter pilot then, Z. Yeah, do your Tom Cruise and fucking Top Gun. How about I just do this? I can do Z this. Williams. Okay, right eye, I see there. Left eye, okay, my right eye sees better. Yeah, but you don't know it. <laughs> you don't know, AJ. You don't get it. It's, it's not my fault you don't get it. It's not your fault right. either. I apologize. You're right. How old are you, 35? 36. Oh, oh, happy, oh birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Happy, birthday. happy birthday! Happy birthday! Happy birthday to you! Sorry we missed 35 of them, but we're happy we could hit the 36 one, honestly. 
Let's yeah, just a few months after I turned 36. I appreciate it, guys. All right, let's talk about Ram safety. Taylor Rapp being a fucking superhuman. He burned 10,000 calories in one day. He biked 125 miles. He swam 1.25 miles, ran three miles, and hiked four miles from 4.30 a.m. to 9 p.m. This is a factual statement. This thing actually happened. It seems like a bunch of bullshit whenever I first heard it. Then he's got it all tracked, obviously. This is an insane workout. The Murph is you run one mile, you do like 100 push-ups, 200, 200 push-ups, 300 sit-ups, 100 pull-ups, and then you run another mile. This guy went above and beyond. Have you ever been in the shape that Taylor Rapp is currently in? 125-mile bike ride, 1.25-mile swim, and then a three-mile run, hiked four miles. That is absurd. I don't think I could accomplish one of, the, one of these feats. He took on all four of them. This is next level stuff, and this guy's in much better shape than I'll ever be in my entire life. I could eat the 10 calories, 10,000 calories. <laughs> that a boy, Z. That a boy. That a boy. How about you, AJ? I mean, the, the 1.25 miles swimming, that right there is very difficult. Like, I assume he's been training for this a little bit. Yeah, I think he would have to. Is he trying to be an Iron, Iron, Iron Man? Is this football training? I don't know. Hey, is he a good football player? Does anybody know if he's, yeah, he's, he's a good player? Man. He's a good player, yeah. I remember him in college. He was very good, and he had a good rookie year, too. He's their nickel. He's their starting nickel corner on defense. Did that guy next to him do that entire workout? I would expect your body to look a little different if you did all that <laughs> stuff, but I'm happy that uh, – Taylor that? probably had to drag him a little bit. To be honest, he is not heart monitored up, so I don't think so. True. Taylor, what a stud of a human. I didn't know we had humans that could do this type of stuff. I, this is next level. This Lance Armstrong stuff that we're learning about on Sunday night here – this documentary, whenever they're talking about what he would do, insanity, absolute insanity. Now we got a guy in the NFL being able to pull off a lot of stuff. Good for the sport, good for the league, good for Taylor. I will never be able to accomplish that, and I am bummed about it, to be honest with you. Well, you don't know the Diaz brothers that fight in our MMA fighters? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. They both do Ironmans all the time. Like, they... They swim it back and forth to Alcatraz. Like, they do all of this. What? What about the Sharks? What? what about the, sh the escape prison? The Sharks? The Diaz brothers swim Shacks. back and forth to Alcatraz. The, the, the water that they thought was, they deemed unswimmable. The Diaz brothers do that? Diaz, is it? Diaz? Yeah, it's part of a race. Diaz. Nate, Diaz. Nate, the older brother. Or Nick, the older brother, and then Nate, the younger one. You want 31 flavors? That is. Oh, it checks out. Fantastic. I did not know that. Of course that. it checks out. I know. What do you mean? It's like a known thing. Diaz? It is not a known thing. That is something, if I was the Diaz brothers, like the UFC should have been, whenever he was fighting Connor, the only thing I knew about him is, okay, this guy seems to be about that life. He seems to be a <laughs> tough dude. He beat him, by the way, and then he was throwing water bottles. I wish somebody would have said, oh, yeah, this guy does Iron Man's uh, uh, in his sleep, and he swims back and forth to Alcatraz just for fun. It's like, damn, whole new level of respect. for. Not that I didn't before. I mean, they're badass individuals, but that is next level stuff. I can't swim across my pool. <laughs> well, but it made me think of that because you said, oh, I imagine this one guy, you were body shaming him, saying his body wouldn't look like that if he was able to do all this. The Diaz brothers, like, they're not the most shredded guys on the planet. But so they're you, built for so, like they can they have the mental makeup to do those races and they also their body somehow physically it lends itself to that. So that's just mental warrior stuff, right? Like I know Heinz Ward did a half Ironman. Jeez. It's like 70, 70 miles, uh 1.2 mile swim, 56 mile bike ride, and a 13 mile run. Whew. Oh my gosh. I am such a fat ass. There's no way I could even think about doing it. It would take me probably five, ten years to get in shape to do that. I'd rather watch on TV. I, I mean, I, I would not. I would not want to watch that. That sounds incredibly yeah, doing, boring. Doing all that stuff he did yesterday, isn't that, like, deathly unhealthy? 
Yeah. Marathon died. It's doing all that shit in one day. Well, we knew a guy who tried to do a marathon mm-hmm. and he trained for nine, ten months for this thing and he got to mile twenty one and he died. They brought oh, him back no. to life. Still has yet to finish that marathon. Really? Now he's the CFO of this company. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> He died. What happened? He just passed out at mile marker 21? Yeah, it was like a really scary situation because we were getting updates out here because he had been training for this thing for real for like 10 months. Hard training. He's getting back into it, by the way. You can see he's getting the edge. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's His getting mile he's time do is it. pretty solid. He's getting yeah. back into it. He, he's been a guy who's been in incredible shape here my entire life knowing him, but he wanted to do this Pittsburgh Marathon. He trains, trained, trained his ass off. Then marathon day came, and I'm getting updates from people. And then I send him a text. I'm like, hey, what, how are we doing? And I got cut off completely. And then you go to track him on the internet, and he just kind of fell off the race. It's like, what the fuck happened to this guy? He was in a hospital. Something happened to him. I forget the what rabdo. it was. rabdo. To rap. What is that? Rabdo. rabdo. He got rabdo in the middle of a marathon? Yep. In the middle of the marathon, like mile 23. Still hasn't oh, got the scary. medal for finishing. They took him to the hospital. Yeah, it was a real situation. Very, very scary. We make fun of him a lot for it, but if that guy trained for 10 months for it and couldn't do that, that is crazy to me. Now he's trying to get back into the game. If you can accomplish... 125 miles on a bike, over a mile swimming, three mile run, hiking four miles. Your body's just got to be built different, huh? That, that just has to be a different body than, than I have. Mm-hmm. Is that an accurate statement? Yeah. Different body, different brain, I think. Oh, you're saying I'm soft. That's accurate. I'm saying I am too. Like, I don't have the mental makeup to do those, like, super long endurance races. Hey, did you see Phil tweeted you asking you for a motivational speech because he needs Oh, to- is this CFO Phil? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's CFO Phil right there, yeah. What is this time? Is this a half marathon? Uh, um, 14, 14 miles. Yeah. He, he needs to get to 26 or whatever. He did 17 last night, I think. He's is he almost there. He's, he's getting al- there. He's almost there. He's got this big old mustache, too. I think he's a little bummed because the Pittsburgh marathon, due to the quarantine, is being moved. And I think he was gearing up to do it this year without telling us, by the way. I, I think he was just going to do it, get the medal, tell us to all eat shit, get the shirt that's finished and all that stuff. But then the quarantine happened, so now he has to – does he have to stay in shape for another year? There's yep. no way he'll be able to do it. This dude runs until he gets blisters on his feet just casually, like on a Wednesday. He's just running, and I FaceTime with him afterwards. He's got blisters on his feet. Ugh. His legs are – and I'm like, what are, what, what are you? Why, why are you some people that's what they do man they just like they, that's their time like you on your motorcycle without your phone that's them running that runner's high thing i've always thought was a bunch that's of not real yeah it's not real <laughs> you know you, i think the problem is you us all of us here running was always punishment so i did still is still, still is. is i do something wrong go run and it wasn't in a tone like hey let's go for a run it was like go fucking run okay you want to show up and do that type of stuff and it was hey go run and you're gonna run until we tell you you're done like you don't know there's no end in sight like that's another mental oh. warfare that you have when you're like okay i'm running full gassers down back down back across the field and coach just keeps blowing his whistle and looks like he's not stopping anytime soon we can be here all night oh, oh turn the lights on we got a long one Run! It's just a nightmare. Soccer was terrible, too, because soccer, you're expected to run a long time. And I always knew Tuesday, Thursday nights, whenever I would go to my cup soccer practices, it's like, okay, save some energy for the end of this thing. So I'm giving like half effort through all practice. And then all of a sudden, that makes me have to run more because I'm not going full. And then I end up dying. I never was able to balance it in six, seven years of cup soccer of how much effort to give at the beginning of practice because I know I'm going to die at the end of practice. I'm heavier than everybody here. Can we look out for the big 
fella. No, no, no. Run, run, run. And I think that's why it's hard for me to get over that. You know, I want to go for a run because it's like I remember puking. I remember getting chewed out. I remember being like, this is the worst thing of all time. I would like to quit doing everything and just become my 400-pound life in my house. Like, that is a tough thing to get over as an adult. But my friend Phil, he said he used to feel the way we felt. And then he started running and he was like, I, I love it now. I don't know if he still does or not, but it, I hope to one day be able to achieve that. Hey, that's something I give Mike McCarthy a lot of credit for. So we didn't run after practice in Green Bay. And he always said, like, our conditioning is built into practice. It's built into the schedule. Yeah. Our team periods, we're going to be running hard. We're going to be chasing the ball. Like, everything is fast-paced. Like, you don't need to run at the end. So because if you know you're going to run at the end, it's, it's true. Like, just human nature. You're going to have that in the back of your mind. You're, it's going to always be there. And you're not going to be able to go 100% during practice. So Jim Caldwell never did any running after practice. His thing was we're going to be the freshest, fastest team on the field. That had to be the most, like, the greatest thing to hear a head coach say. Oh, he said it every every single team meeting, too. He's like, like if, if any coach says, like, we want to be fresh, the whole team's like, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, we do. For this guy. Yeah, we, hey, hey, bud, we never want you to be fired. We want to be as fresh <laughs> as fuck forever with you. We, he's, we want to be the most prepared. We want to be the freshest and the fastest team or whatever. And everybody's like, you got it. He was like, with that, though, like practice, whenever we're practicing, you got to go. And then when we're done, I'll take care of you or whatever. It's like, okay. And we had a very veteran team at the time. So everybody kind of understood the whole deal, you know? And then Chuck showed up. When Chuck got there, we had a younger team or whatever. And I, I, I think it was a OTA, mandatory OTA. They had us run sprints after practice. I hadn't done that since college. I hadn't done that since college. So whenever I had my shoes untied or whatever, I was ready to break it down or whatever, here we go. And they're like, everybody on the line. I'm like, what are they even talking about right now? On the, does that mean the same thing that I think Dodgeball it means? Or? Like on the line. And then I'm, I see AQ. AQ Shipley is like dying. Right? <laughs> so I'm tying my shoes back up. And AQ's like, oh, you piece of shit. I'm like, well, I thought practice was over too, AQ. What do you want from me? And then we just start running and they don't tell you a time. And I did not. That's kind of normal in the NFL, by the way. There's some teams that actually do that on a very regular basis. I had no idea that was the NFL. Chuck only did it a few times. He didn't do it on a regular basis. But went, as soon as they did, I was like, oh, my God, I did not know this happens. And then you start hearing stories from other people. They're like, oh, yeah, we used to have to do 15 of them after uh, Wednesday practice. If oh. we lost it. I'm like, I'm like, what? I what? And you're losing? I couldn't fathom being punished by running and losing in the same time period. That would be a nightmare. It's one of the first things I asked when I when I got to Cincinnati and I saw some players. I was like, "Hey, do you guys uh, do you run after practice, like at the end of practice, and also what is your conditioning test?" Like those are the two things I wanted to know. What was their conditioning test? It was great. It was forties. I don't know how many forties we ran, but I can run. I can run like I could do agility drills all day. I could run sprints all day. But if it gets up, if it gets up to 100 yards or more that's just the death of me i can't pace myself i need to just be doing quick fast things those 150s or whatever that got introduced into my life it was a shuttle six times or whatever yeah cut 300s no 25 and back six times it was 150 yard shuttle Jeez. those yeah. were that was the conditioning test with chuck and everybody when you're cutting at 25 that's what kills you your legs are shot and you can't burst anymore i i used to you know depending on how fat i was coming into camp uh, which group I tried to politic to run with. You know what I mean? Like if I came in in bad shape and I knew this was going to not be a good look, I'm like, Vinny, I think we're running with the offensive lineman today, right? Aren't we? That's what we all agreed on. Is that what we did last year? Yeah, it was what we did last year. Vinny was like, no, we didn't. We ran with the, the middle or whatever. I was like, no, nah, no, nah, we're running with the big boys. Have to, by the way, or I'm not going to be on this team. <laughs> you got it. So we just start the first one. We just run with the offensive lineman because they get sent first and we just go. And then, while the bickering's going on, they have to send somebody else. So by the time it's over, it's like, hey, I thought you ran with the middle group. I was like, oh, we didn't know. We ran with the, that's on us. So sorry. And then like one year, 
pretty good shape or whatever. Middle group goes, it's like, all right, here we go. I'm going to look like I'm a real athlete. Set the tone for the entire thing. Me and Vinatieri, it was pretty cool. How many of those 25s did you have to do? I think it was eight or ten, six. Uh, couldn't tell you. Over a thousand yards. Try to, try to remove those from my mind immediately after they happen. Guys, I mean, you get guys show up and they pull hamstrings and then you, you but everybody on the team knows like hey you're gonna have to do this so get your ass in shape or at least be hydrated for it there was a guy that had to run it every single morning for like the first 10 days because oh. it was a high draft pick and they couldn't cut him they couldn't just get rid of him and he couldn't pass the physical or pass the test and they were like if you don't pass the test you can't practice and then we all saw one son of a bitch not passing it was like <laughs> well are you gonna stick by it or not what are we gonna do here and they made him run it 10 times i was so i felt so bad for the guy I, it was awful especially offensive linemen it, i think the smarter strength coaches will shorten the run, like say you're doing half gassers down and back across the field, a little over 100 yards. Like for an offensive lineman or defensive lineman, they're never running that far anyway. I, I watched a, an, a D lineman in college. We run our conditioning test, which was 20 half gassers, just brutal, and a 30 second rest in between. And if your leg, if your foot wasn't fully across the line, like whatever, they, they're absolute sticklers for it. And this dude has. You know, big guys, their backs would lock up a lot when you're running conditioning tests. His back locked up. He was no shirt on and just had white skibbies on. He's running. His back locked up. Uh, oh, boom. Just dumped his pants right there in the middle of the conditioning. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and we're all there like, hey, we're like on 13 of 20. We can barely breathe. We're dying. Like, oh, man, that sucks. And then he didn't really sink in until later on. Like, oh, well, not only is he got to clean himself up right now, he's got to come back and run this test tomorrow morning. <laughs> Uh, man, I wish I was in that locker room. <laughs> that's a place. That's a locker room where I would have done well, right there. You Let's know, go out there. when he came, when he would, when he would have came in that locker room afterwards, boy, I would have been <laughs> ready to greet him. <laughs> Come on, buddy, you've had a rough day. Now we're gonna have, we're gonna have to do a lap around the locker room. There's a lot of people that got some shit. No offense to say to you right now. We gotta really, we gotta hit this thing head on here. This is gonna be a lingering thing for the rest of your life. That's a or is he smart though? Or is he? Is it was it a smart way to get out of the test and not look like he was quitting? That's the way I'd be PR spinning that thing. Crisis management one hundred and one did it on purpose. Get off me! <laughs> yeah, jokes on you guys. I knew I wasn't gonna finish. I knew I was gonna have to come back tomorrow anyway. So I, I stopped at thirteen. I didn't have to run all twenty. Oh my god! I wish I just saw a guy just shit his pants. <laughs> I would have died. We had a guy that went at West Virginia. We wore yellow pants in practice. You know. Mm-hmm. And we had a couple. We had a guy who, on a couple of different occasions, you know, farted and a little bit too much came out. Oh, the old shark. Uh, yeah, and he refused to wear underwear. So that guy was always something, you know. Especially in the piles, you had people really <laughs> losing their minds and stuff like that. But I've never seen a full shit. Did you see JJ Watt tweeted MC Hammer last night? MC Hammer did a Google search. Allegedly, it is actually more healthy for you when incredibly tired to bend over and have your hands on your knees. A study came out and said it is more healthy for you, more beneficial, it is a better for recovery to bend over, put your hands on your knees in spite or despite, nope, in opposite of what every single strength coach in the history of strength coaches has ever said to you. There ain't no air down there. Get your hands off your knees. Stand up and breathe. Let your lungs expand. It's like, well, why is my body telling me to bend over that? I feel like my body understands itself a little bit better than you do. Every strength coach was like, no, 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 no. Can't do that. You're not going to be able to breathe whenever you're bent over. Turns out, 
Studies say we were right all along. Strength coaches were wrong. Kind of a shame that we don't get to reap the benefits of this, but the next generation of sports guys will definitely pull this out while in the middle of conditioning this. Yeah, but I, can you imagine, though, every especially old-school strength coaches oh. just debunking this left and right? They know whenever they get off this quarantine and their guys come back in the facility, they're going to have 15 studies to show this was garbage. And MC Hammer doesn't know what he's talking about, whoever did this study. Like, it is. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the show, didn't we? How, oh, yeah. How they, they want you to, to put your hands in the air, all this stuff. It does, it's true. I don't know what it is. It's a mental thing, but you do feel like you get more air if you can just at least bend over a tiny bit. Why is my body's first reaction is to just do this? <laughs> like, why is my first, why is it want to do this? What, you tell me why my body, since the beginning of time, has been looking out for my body. Gotta listen to your body. Wants to yep. do this. It, yeah, oh, listen to your body. Let us know if things are getting too hot. Let us know. Listen to your body. Except when you're dead fucking tired and your body says bend over. Don't listen to your body anymore. <laughs> listen to us and waste your energy of standing like this resting your hand on your head stumbling around and then 10 oh my god oh my god ah! oh my god ah fuck and then you get to the other end it's like no 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 hands on the head hands, those hands up hands up breathe stretch out those lungs there you're tired no, walk around ain't no air down there what are you a fish expand the lungs son Hey, all the, don't you guys know? I know Diggs is a big CrossFit guy. If you watch any of these CrossFit things on TV, when they get done with one of their exercises, whatever they're doing, they lay down flat on the ground. They're so exhausted. Uh, how come the CrossFitters got it all fucking figured out? It's because their organs are failing. So oh, that's just the best way to get blood back to the rest of the body. I guess CrossFit is a killer. Yep. It is, yeah. Yep. How so? People's organs fail. I guess is what digs his big motivation. Yeah, I've, I've you never wish you were mentally it. tough enough to go that hard to where your organs would fail, huh? I do. I actually do wish I was like that. Oh, well, on your back and your knees and your joints. I think the yep. creator, like his organs fail. Well, I'm just saying this. We don't know if what Diggs is saying is accurate or not. Mr. Cross. I've been doing some workouts here lately that have been making me feel like exhausted. And I've enjoyed the feeling. Actually. Oh, it's actually yeah. a rabdo. It like feel, you know, they get rabdo. <laughs> <laughs> you run a marathon, you get rabdo. You do CrossFit, you get rabdo. You're kind of a dead man. But I've been enjoying these workouts that have been leading me to exhaustion to be 100% candid. 100%. You need that. I think all of our bodies need that. Like You need to, to push your body to, so you do feel totally exhausted. It helps you the rest of your day. But I'll tell you what, I am laid down on that ground in between different sets of things. I am completely spread out. Oh, my God. I can't. Like, for instance, my boobies have been cramping up because there's been a lot of chest building. Mm -hmm. nice. And I'll get to the point where I can't even hold my phone to move the song. Okay? Can't, like, change the song on my phone. I can't even move my thing. So I'll just lay down with my T-Rex fucking arms like this on the ground. And then I'll get, like, two-minute break. And then I got a boxing timer that yells at me to get back into it. But I've been enjoying the exhaustion again. I, I've actually said that I miss the feeling of my legs being dead. And that is such a very weird thing to miss. And I never thought you would ever hear me. Any strength coach that's ever been around me or human that's been around me during conditioning would never think that I would say this. But at the age of 33, whenever my legs are just completely blown up and dead, I was like, oh, this feels good, actually. And then I can't get up off the shitter and there's other things that happen. But it's been feeling good to kind of abuse the body a little bit here lately. Now, what is the reason for it? Like, why are you on this kick? Because I got fat shamed on the internet. Sons By who? Bitches. You fat shame yourself. Well, 
Maybe. I mean, I got to sit down, okay, on camera every single day. And when I'm built like a spark plug, when this gut starts to grow, I mean, it's just a real problem. And then the internet starts calling me fat. They're like, oh, once was thick. Now he's fat. And it's like, wait a minute, I got to get going. And I had to have a talk with the mirror, you know, like, hey, are you going to be a fat ass forever? Or is this what's going to happen? And I've never been like a totally yoked guy. Does that make sense? Like never been jacked because I like to eat things. I think I would like to see myself do that at least once. And I think that time is now, by the way. Yeah. I'm, I'm 11 days into a new workout plan. I don't know if that's long enough to call it a habit or not, but I am. Oh, I am. I am currently like looking forward to the workout I have coming whenever I go home this afternoon. Hell yeah! 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 I'm tired. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Hey, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, NXT Takeover, June 7th, Battle. Breaking news on the show this morning, AJ. That's great. Oh, okay, good. You have any idea who any of those people are? Yep. <laughs> we broke news for WWE. I think I've heard of Finn Bow Ballard. Ballard? Ballard. Yeah, the not, Ballard Club. Not Chris Ballard. No, not Chris Ballard. He's the GM of the Colts. Allegedly, he was trying to make some trades this offseason, from what I heard from Sam an Roberts yeah. took a shot at you for no reason. What? Oh, no. Just undeserved. Uh, Sam Roberts? Do you Roberts? like Sam Roberts, AJ? You like Sam Roberts? The yeah, I know his stuff. What did he say to me? He said your chain was stupid. What? Oh, my. He's talking to me? Yeah. I did have a chain on earlier today. because What I happened? Gracious. I don't know, actually, to be honest with you. I got a two Italian there for a second. Were you serious with that? Like, I saw I saw a little clip. Were you serious with that chain, or was it like I mean serious? What are you sarcastic? talking about serious? Yeah, I was serious. It was matching my watch. I was Italian for the morning. You got any problems with that? No, I was just trying to see what's going on. You know, Stone Cold Steve Austin wore a gold chain. You got anything problem with that? What? 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 He's a great human. Bingo. Have you ever talked to him on your show? No, I would love to. I, I've listened to some of his podcasts he has. I know. He's, I've, I've watched the uh, Broken Skull thing on WWE Network. It's great conversations, great insight, because I'm a, you know, a big wrestling fan from back in the day and currently, but I've never had him on the show either. That'd be a cool conversation. I he saw a little bit of Lil Wayne's show for the first time. With Stephen A? Who'd you see it with? Stephen A. Yeah, Stephen A. Smith was a guest on Lil Wayne's show. You're talking about uh, Young Money Live or whatever, right? Yeah, he's sitting like in a little studio in his house. It looks like he had uh, Migos on. Oh. oh, how'd that conversation go? Pretty good. Oh, it was awesome. He was talking to the one of one of yeah. Migos that just graduated high school. Quavo, it was Quavo. awesome. Like they were just complimenting each other back and forth. Low uh, Weezy, uh, people forget Weezy was on Masked Singer, and somehow. <laughs> The three guests did not know it was Lil Wayne when it literally sounded exactly like Lil Wayne the entire time. And his voice is very distinct. I watched The Masked Singer there for a little bit, okay? Seen White Tiger Gronk. I enjoy guessing and getting things right, but I don't know a lot of the... There, there are some celebrities that get on there that I would never know who the hell the voices are or old, old singers. I wouldn't know who it is. But as soon as Lil Wayne came on, I was like, that's fucking Lil Wayne right there. Got it. And no, the... the the who were the judges? Uh, Robin Thicke, the guy that did that thing with Miley Cyrus. Um, Mr. Uh, the... The, uh, the dude the, from The Hangover. The dude from The Ken Hangover. Jung. Ken, Ken Jung. Jung. There it is. Oh, okay. Wait, you know Marthy? Robin Thicke as the guy that did that thing with Miley Cyrus? Yeah. That's what he did. She bent over in front of him whenever she was in that... Uh, mm -hmm. she was oh, in like that, the MTV uh, Music Awards. Yeah, yeah, Wrecking Ball. She, she was in that time of her life where she was really living. She has a mullet now, apparently, my lady told me. So I like that. Oh. She's all the way back. But that's how I know Robin Thicke. Yeah, and then um, the lady from the, the Pussycat Dolls. Yeah, the lead one. Oh, Scherzinger. 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 Wait, are they still around? 
Scherzinger? The Pussy Cat Dolls? Nah, they broke up. It's a real shame. But Scherzinger is on the Mass Singer right now. Yeah. She's still there. Yeah. She's crushing it. I can't get into the Mass Singer, man. It's, I don't know why. It's not bad. The first couple episodes not bad. It's just too long and drawn out. Like, I want to see more people on a more quickly turnover rate. But the fact that they didn't know who Lil Wayne was, I almost had to change the channel. Like, you fucking idiots. Should not be on television talking. They must be paying well. How'd they get Lil Wayne to go on there? Uh, yeah, I think they are. They got all the big names on there. That show is massive, but anytime it's on, there's like probably six out of the top ten trending topics are either guessing who's potentially the banana or the turtle or the tiger. Are those promoted from by the show, or is that an organic thing that's trending? I think it's a lot. I think a lot of people watch it. I honestly do believe that a lot of people watch it. It's a good show. It's not a bad show. Nick Cannon doing his thing, yeah. whatever Nick Cannon does. It's weird. Who knows? Like, who... No one has any clue what's going to hit, like what's going to be a hit show. I guess that show was big in Korea. Yeah. All those game shows come from overseas, and then they come over here, and Simon Cowell probably buys them up and then just launches them. <laughs> Simon Cowell, brilliant businessman. Just had a baby, too, at the age of like 94 or something. <laughs> Weapon. Weapon of a man. Just a we There's a guy that wears a chain in the unbuttoned thing, old Simon Cowell. Hack stars. He d does he? Yeah. Oh, Indoors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he, he wears very, very baggy denim. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Simon Cowell, there's a guy that knows his brand. He's a beast. He's a beast. He was almost bankrupt a couple times. Really? That's a beast move. Yeah, and then now he's obviously Simon fucking Cowell. 50 Cent. Is this show done? You've had this bat the whole the whole show, I feel like. There it is, right there. Hey, do you see Joe Thomas on Titan Games? Great uh, stance. Closest win I've ever seen in the history of anything, I think. I mean... He lost that thing to the fireman who he, he fell like at the very end when he didn't it wasn't where he kind of fell coming off that last kind of padding. Situation. Well, when you land in a crash pad, by the way, it can be a little bit awkward on your legs. He said he was feeling a bit wobbly too through the entire thing. He's a big dude now to be going through that entire thing. I was very impressed by Joe Thomas's performance, but boy, it sure looked like he was going to lose to that fireman. Now he beat the fireman and took the fireman's dream and everything like that, which I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know Joe Thomas loves that aspect of the whole thing but he he looked damn good in that poise at the end to put the little key into the hole and turn it while the fireman was kind of bouncing it around was next level I, I, he said that on the on twitter i was following along with him a little bit he said he didn't drag the uh the ball far enough for him to really swing the axe because it's obviously attached to ball and chain to the thing but i thought joe thomas put on a hell of a performance thought he was losing and then a great turn there at the end to get a win that was awesome is he on all year now i have no idea when did they film that i mean they're not going to be able to film anytime soon i would imagine if he's going back for like the semifinals i'm not sure did you somebody in this studio somebody in here watched that show last oh, night oh i loved it yeah. you did zito titan games yeah oh yeah yeah were you the one that asked me this morning did you watch titan games last night i was yeah. like i saw joe thomas but you watched the entire thing yeah there was a lady on there who was not a titan who was an absolute savage on that uh whatever farmer jess olympus Luke. mountain or whatever wait what do you mean she wasn't a titan so there's a Titan, a team that The Rock puts together. The The lady was a professional boxer, I think he had. Joe Thomas was on there. Other people. That's like his his Titans. Oh, Victor Cruz uh, is on there. Oh, and then they challenge other people. Like then, the gladiators? Then uh, two civilians, whatever they do, they compete to take on one of the Titans in Mount Olympus or whatever the hell it is. And then if you win, you go on. If you lose, you have to do something else. It's a good, it's a cool concept. Yeah, she beat the boxer, though. She was amazing. Yeah, she, the boxer is the Titan. This, she was wasn't even i don't think halfway through this farmer lady was done i mean it was that's my apology that was the other lady the, the first lady i'm getting her name right now okay perfect it was next level i was very impressed and joe thomas he put himself out there by the way that is putting yourself out there to potentially 
be embarrassed. I mean, you are 10-time Pro Bowler, Joe Thomas. A lot of people say the greatest to ever do it at your position. In shape, he's in great shape. You potentially lose. Now, not to a, that a fireman is not, but you're this elite electric athlete the fact that he put himself out there and then got the win i think is a big deal and he said wait until the rest of the season he said he, he puts on quite a show on his twitter so i assume he's on there more and more i don't fully understand how it all works out though yeah i don't either how's the rock do as the host it's kind of interesting because he kind of walks around it's more like a candid casual just kind of like yeah, he, he, a, it was like doing voiceover as they're running through the, the thing it's a casual rock you know it's a casual rock it's got to be a casual rock he has 300,000 jobs right now like he's flying to it seems I don't know about now during COVID but that dude he keeps a, a pretty tight schedule he did the Murph the other day with uh, uh, good news guy Krasinski oh. John Krasinski oh really they did it together yeah I think so from what I've been told because the Murph people were promoting people to do it, and I really wanted to do it but then I realized there ain't no fucking chance I'm doing 100 pull-ups <laughs> or- yeah I saw the CrossFitters they uh, they jumped the fence at the local high school and they're out there doing the Murph yesterday oh jeez <laughs> Well, listen, if, Good you for them. if you don't stand up for something, you're going to fall for anything. Yep. Yeah. That lady's name was Shantae McMillan. Orlovsky did the Murph? Mm-hmm. He's like 145 pounds at this point, Orlovsky. That guy it's is, like 6'6", 145. He really is. <laughs> he legit is very tall and very thin. That's a great body to have for the pull-up thing. Now, granted, those are long levers for him to get there. I could not do 100 pull-ups right now if you asked me to, it, it, let alone in the middle of a push-up Sit up. Wait, is it a hundred no pull-ups? Thanks. Yeah, it is hundred. But you have to wear a twenty-pound weight vest too. Ten sets oh, of ten. Geez. Phil, our CFO, did the Murph. He did it in thirty-eight minutes or something like that. He, I was FaceTiming him right before he was about to do it. And I was like, "What's the Murph?" And he told me about it. And I was like, "You're gonna do a hundred pull-ups?" He was like, ten sets of ten. It's nothing." I'm like, "One set of ten is a problem over <laughs> here. Two one, sets one, of ten is a nightmare." He, he's got tiny little feet though, so there's not a lot. Oh, you know, he's just pulling. doesn't it not start and much. end with a one-mile run? Yeah. <laughs> That alone right there, I'm done. AJ, if it wasn't for the knees, do you think you'd be an avid fitness guy? I mean, I'm an avid fitness guy, but a non-impact. Like, I can't run 10 feet, like jog 10 feet. or My leg will fall off and go courses through my whole body, I feel like, if I try to run distance. But no, I mean, obviously my knee and ankles and feet and Achilles and stuff are get absolutely shredded if I try to run 200 yards. But... I don't think I, w- I don't think I was built for long distance because I used to have to run the mile in high school starting like my freshman year and I got worse and worse as it went and I didn't tear my PCL. I didn't have any issues in my knee until my senior year of high school and then I just got all the cartilage taken out over the next five years. But I still was terrible at distance before that. I think it's a genetics thing too because I played soccer, which is a distance running thing and I was not good at it, like ever. My body just would never. I, I often sort of wonder if I had asthma. Like, Can we get tested me for asthma maybe? Because asthma kids used to be able to sit out some shit whenever they were running. I was like, maybe I have that. Have we ever thought about that? But we had to do the two miles and 12 minute test and oh. it was always a race to the finish for me and then an immediate puke afterwards every single time. And I was in, I think, some of the best shape I've ever been in my entire life and it was just like, I don't know if I'm built for it. I never puked, actually, from working out or running. I never was able to puke. Oh, see, I could push myself. Oh, I could push myself, but okay. I, I always, I would have time, I would have moments when, I, you know, your mouth starts getting watery, start feeling honest. like it, and then you don't, you don't puke. You can't push yourself. Yeah, you can't push yourself. You can't do it. You ever All been right. punching a degenerate? What? Huh? Have What'd you say? You ever been punching a degenerate? I don't know what that means. Yeah, Jackie Moon, he never puked in a workout either until Mox, oh, oh, old uh, Eddie Mox. Uh, yeah. Moxley? You got it. Eddie no. Moxley. John, 
Johnny Moxon. John Moxon. There it is. No. 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 That's uh, Monix. Monix. There it is. That a boy. Monix punched him in the journal and then he puked all over him. What is that from? Semi-pro, dude. Come Jeez. on. Oh, it was. Okay, I've seen it. See, I don't have the recall like you do. No, no one called you a jive turkey. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't say you were a jive turkey. He didn't say you were a jive turkey. No, no one called whoa. anyone. No, no one called anyone, JT. Hey. No, no, he called you a cocksucker. He called you a cocksucker. He called you a JT. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is next level. What about the other show we talked about? Um, the tag show with the Watt brothers. Good show. Stop, stop aligning yourself and looking whoa. at yourself in the monitor with the bat. <laughs> I'm looking for you to pitch a ball, dude. Go take a big cut. Well, you got to pitch I it. Can't because you haven't pitched. Throw him the heat, AJ. Come on, AJ. And Throw Bam. him the stinky cheat. Oh, 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 he's going to. Oh, 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 he's safe. He's safe. All oh, the picture. Suck it, <laughs> AJ. Perfect drag bunt. Thank wow. you. Oh, that's another thing that helped. Like when you're a lefty. You can drag that. You'll be halfway down the line as you're bunting. Right. Yep. I almost outrun an infield uh, dribbler. Yeah. Yeah. I, I legit was very close to outrunning when I pulled my hamstring in the process, but I was very close to getting it. I feel like all of them are very close, but I feel like I almost did it in that game. Well, what about the tag show? Is it still going? That has to be a series, right? You know, not 100% sure. Didn't come on the show to promote it. One on everybody else's show. Oh, yeah. I forgot you're upset. I am. What he network carries it? Fox, I think. Fox, yeah. Fox, I think. I'm gonna have to tune in. I want to see the the three guys just chopping it up together. Me too. I I am very happy that NFL players are hosting shows now. At this point, I'm pumped for JJ and TJ and Derek mm -hmm. and the Watt family. Nobody talked about the show though after it aired, which is a problem in the world that we live in. You know, you start covering things that get a little bit of buzz on the internet. There was no buzz on tag. Let's assume episode two will be a little bit more buzz. Let's hope so. Because I hope JJ and uh, the Watt family have success. They need one of the ultimate taggers to, like, blow a knee out or something like oh, that. <laughs> I From what I've seen, that's what that's, the whole time I'm like, these guys are going to have compound fractures. They're yep. going to have some crazy injuries. That's what we need to see. I have not watched. I have no idea. I honestly have no clue what the show is about. I've seen a little bit of a highlight or whatever, but I watch those parkour videos all the time. So I'm not 100% sure I'm that impressed with what I'm seeing because I see dudes doing what they're doing on that little thing up like 70, 50 stories yeah. up in the sky. Top so of a building. So they should have got those guys. Ipso facto parkour, parkour. There's a house in California that they should have got those guys to be a professional taggers. They're fucking doing triple quadruple make flips off their houses the uh, can you make a living doing parkour and, and putting on the internet i would like to put together a parkour team potentially oh, where they you should sponsor a parkour team i would love to i spend 20 to 30 minutes of my day every day watching these little little spider men do their flips on the internet i Wait, what were you about to call them you you, you stopped yourself <laughs> i don't know i don't know what was coming out there i forgot it started with an f yeah, well, it's probably an F word flying, but I didn't want to say, I didn't want to disparage them because it is a very dangerous game. I think a lot of them have potentially lost more oh, yeah. than others have, but they, I very much appreciate them for their entertainment value. It is amazing to watch these little things. There are superheroes. These, I don't know how tall they are, maybe four foot five. I, I'm not 100% sure, and I don't really care, but I saw a guy do like seven flips on a trampoline yesterday. He got, he got double bounced like you do with your kids. And he did like seven flips, and then he crashes into a crash pad right with his face. It's just, it's unbelievable. They're like ninjas. They really are. They they're, are like they're, ninjas. they're little ninjas out there that we have just roaming amongst us, and we have no idea. They look like a little pissant nerd. And then they take their shirt off, they have a 40-pack, and then they'll go right off your kitchen with their hands and do a front <laughs> flip right in front of you. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable stuff. 
well, there's all kind of facilities now built for like the American Ninja Warrior type stuff, parkour. Like it's all, it's a big industry right now. Jim Connor used to be a place you could Great. go as a kid if oh, you yeah. wanted to. Oh, yeah. Jim Connor. What's it called? Jim Connor. They used to have the springboard floor. I always wanted to go. My parents never take. Wait, like that old MTV show singled out where they would you you got to hit the right spot and it, it has a piston that shoots you out. You remember that? No, I do remember singled out. I don't remember the piston. Shooting. Singled out was what Chris Hardwick mm -hmm. and Jenny McCarthy, I think, hosted. They'd be on a beach doing like these obstacle course things. But they had the. I always wanted to see it where you got to run and place your foot in the right spot and it would shoot you up like over top some water or whatever and if you didn't hit it in the right spot it would it would be like it would just it would dump you in the water so it's like a like a like a like a you're transporting whenever you hit this thing it's like hopping into a pipe on mario it's, it's spring loaded with a piston or something bam it would just shoot you whatever direction so now they have these little runners that are little padded runners they're like the little blue thing i tried to get zito to buy one for the office but then he sent it over to phil to buy and phil said i'm not buying that on the company's card which is Wow, because the company's named after me, but the <laughs> the um, these things are all over the internet. They made them slip and slides. They made show me. I want to see one. Can you pull up that? Do you remember what it was? I don't know what it's I don't called. Know the name anymore? I'll find it. Look up blue gymnastic runny thingy. Is it just a pad? Yeah, but it's like a it's an inflated one, and it's a long one, and I think you just run down it, and it's like a trampoline basically that you just what. Need. It's awesome. It is. I try to get one for the office. Believe me. Believe you me. I try to get one for the office. Huh. See if Phil said, no, I can't do it, pal. Why don't you just use your personal account? Uh, maybe, but then I'll just keep it at the house. Is, is Phil doing this because PMI could also be Phil Mains Inc.? <laughs> is that why he's doing this? Potentially. Look at that thing right there. Get another shot of that thing. That, yeah. that, that thing is like a long runner. And it's just oh, like, I know what that is, yeah. It's awesome. I saw somebody put it as a slip and slide the other day. I was like, brilliant idea. They're just running, flipping, slipping, dipping, diving. I'm going to have to look those up. How much are they? Uh, it was pretty expensive. It was pretty pricey. <laughs> pretty pricey. You know, for Phil to go, no chance. That normally means that he thinks it's a bit astronomically priced. We've been trying to pick up stuff like that for the office. Probably good that we don't got it. You could dunk, probably. I don't know. Maybe that would work for your office Olympics. You guys still doing that? Nah, I mean... We did there for a while. The numbers weren't generating enough for how much money we we're giving away. It just and wasn't. Bodies. One of those and the bodies. One of those things that unfortunately <laughs> just is not going to survive quarantine. Just wasn't. You had to weigh pros and cons here on the internet. You know, like, hey, what are the pros? Okay, it's fun. It's something for us to do. What are the cons? Well, it's not getting a lot of views. Uh, we're dying and we're giving away a lot of money. So this seems like <laughs> a pretty easy decision. Look at that thing. Look at that thing. Wow. AJ. Jeez! Wow! Yeah, it's awesome. What is the, what's so that noise? It's like a slip and slide trampoline. What's it called, Zito? Uh, well, the, I can see how they get you, Pat. Like I, I, I see the blue thing; it looks awesome. But you see that guy in mid, like flip, and you're like, okay, that's me. That's me. Because I see these little superhumans doing this off the ground. I'm like, well, I'm obviously never going to be able to do it off the grass. But you give me this air track thing, I'm going to be able to potentially keep up with these guys. It's a great landscape to sell that thing too. You got the well manicured lawn in the ocean out there. We got we got a discrepancy here. Uh, Dick's looking up price that's showing uh, 500 bucks, which seems extremely doable. Phil's saying he never saw it. Oh, Classic. Phil. Oh, Phil. Do they sell them on Amazon? Uh, this one, I can look on Amazon. It's Dude, awesome. That would be a big hit at the Hawk House. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I, it's something that I want, I've been wanting here for a couple months now, to be Get honest. Get the long one, though. 
Yeah, there's two sizes. There's like a short little one that I think you're just supposed to do one flip on, and Confirmed. then there's there's an extendo clip that you can really yeah. get mm. after it on. Amazon, yeah. Because you can do the run. Whoa, full flips. Long one. Are you talking to me? Yeah. Well, yeah, let me do some research here. Shouldn't be that much research. You should literally just be right, on Amazon. right there in front of you. 33 feet is 1,500. See, that, that 10 might, feet, 500. Come on. I wish, the, I wish the big one was 500. That's what, what I'm saying. I think this is potentially what Phil saw and was like. 33 huh, feet, though. 1,500 pounds. That's good, too. You're actually getting a, what are you gonna, you're getting a, a, good, a good deal because if 10 feet's 500, you know, you're yeah, here we go. Keep going. I want to hear this. <laughs> well, you're getting three extra feet. Well, thirty feet should be fifteen hundred. Yeah, you're getting three hundred feet. You're getting three, three extra, extra feet. Wow, getting an extra deal. yard on that. How thing. can you not do that? It's such a deal. Three extra feet. You got to do it. Buy in bulk. <laughs> I don't know. Sure feels like they're trying to rip people off over there in AirTrack, but they got a good product. Twenty feet's nine fifty. I mean, that's, is, that's, is it? That's the deal. That's the deal. So we need two 20 footers there. That's mm-hmm. the way you operate this thing. Is Phil listening? Phil's definitely listening. He just hey, yesterday he, in the show, Pat, we brought up Mayor Pete, and Diggs said he didn't know him. Was that true? You really never even heard of Mayor Pete? No. Let me do some research. You see the construction set. I'm from Pittsburgh. I don't know. People are faced. What are you trying to say? Like, isn't he a mayor of some town in Indiana? South Bend. You're practically the mayor of South Bend. You live there, I thought. I mean, I go there like six times a year. So, yeah, basically the mayor six of. Six times a month. What's in South Bend? That's not even possible. Notre Dame. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> this show's over. Show's over. That is it. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. Come on down for a mental vacation with the boys on YouTube Live. Sports talk. McAfee and Hope Sports Talk. Major used to tackle quarterbacks. He's a rust belt kind of guy. That's the punter of the decade for the 2010. Kicking piss missiles to the sky. It's McAfee and Hawk. It's McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk. It's McAfee and Hawk Sports Here's something that never, ever, ever happened. There has never, ever, ever been a time where dad has took a massive bite into an Omaha steak and said, I didn't like that. Omaha Steaks, America's original butcher, founded in 1917, quick math, 103 years ago, have the most tender and most flavorful steaks in America. And right now, just like every year, they have an incredible Father's Day special going on. We've been eating Omaha steaks in our office for the last three, four years. They're incredible. They're not just a piece of meat, okay? It's a tender, flavorful, delicious, handcrafted steak that makes my taste buds go, damn! That's what I'm talking about out of Omaha steaks. Father's Day is coming up. So give dad the gift he really wants this year. Not a tie, not something else cliche, perfectly aged tender steaks. Omaha Steaks will deliver the world's best steaks and a huge variety of other favorites directly to your dad's door. Omaha Steaks is America's original busher since 1917. You can order with complete confidence today and have peace of mind knowing you're sending dad the very best meat possible. 
Right now, Omaha Steaks is offering listeners of this show access to a variety of amazing packages that are perfect to send dad for Father's Day. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code PAT in the search bar. You'll see all of the great options available, many that include free shipping and a free one pound package of their perfectly cured, incredibly thick, applewood smoked steak cut bacon. Many of the options available at omahasteaks.com when you enter the code PAT in the search bar include free shipping and, let me repeat this, a free one pound package of their perfectly cured, incredibly thick, applewood smoked steak cut bacon. Damn. There are many packages available that are perfect for dad, and they're all ready to be shipped straight to your door, his door, in time for Father's Day. What I would do is buy a couple. Not only for dad, yeah, happy Father's Day to you, but also for me. Let's go ahead and take advantage of these sales in these packages in this one pound of steak cut bacon. Omaha Steaks, shout out to you for being awesome every single year for Father's Day. You've won Father's Day for me for the last few years. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, former general manager for the Cleveland Browns, Michael Lombardi. Lombardi! Oh, that's why you're... How are we doing? I, I got a little problem with my phone here, but I'll figure it out. I'm in my office, but I got it. No, I'll you can't it. be like that. People are going <laughs> to roast you on the internet. We got to get that thing down a little bit. There we go. Hey, Hugh, Hugh Jackson held it this close to his face the entire interview on the internet. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I was so rude about Aim it. for lunch. It was not, it was not good. Uh, Mr. Lombardi, thank you so much for taking time to join us. Every time we anytime, get to speak, I love it. Anytime. How's our campaign going? Not, we haven't lost yet. Well, we haven't lost yet, but I, I'm not sure if you're not in the race, you can lose. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. Yeah, some people so far out of the race actually think they're in the lead, so I don't know. I mean, <laughs> We'll see what happens, huh? We'll uh, we, happens. we listened to you this morning on VEASAN talk about how the 4th and 15 option is not one that you love for the alternate for an onside kick at the end of the game because onside kick percentages, success percentages have gone down so much without the rolling start, without the overload, with everybody up. You said that you hated the 4th and 15 concept, and I didn't get a chance to hear the entire reasoning why it was clipped and sent to our group text, but I wanted to talk to you about it because if you're all about keeping the onside kick in the kicker's foot, I'm all about it as well, and I want to hear from one of the smartest men I've ever heard talk about football. First of all, I don't think we should take a special teams play and then put it, attach it to an offensive play. Like, if you want to change the onside kick, okay, I'm all for doing that. If you want to give the team a chance, you know, call it 30% chance to get the ball back, great. But most of the time during a game, when the team has the onside kick, the other team's been in control of the game. Right. They've been in control. The clock's been their opponent. It hasn't, you know, and so they're letting it go. And so the, the odds should not go up any favorably. And if you convert a fourth and 15 because some guy calls pass interference or somebody roughs the quarterback, now all of a sudden the game is being taken out of control. I think if we want to change it, I think we should change it so that we change the onside kick rule and give guys who have talent like you did to do the onside kick. Thank you. Give them a chance to be successful and not have it so that, you know, it, it doesn't work the other way. I mean, I'm not a big fan of of changing the game for the offensive sake. I, like, I just don't want to do that. 
I think it's so interesting what you're talking about right there because I didn't even think about how the refs will have their hands all over this. And all over. The, you amount, know that. the amount of conspiracy theories that'll be out there if an onside kick or a fourth and 15 is converted because of a pass interference and it goes favorably to, let's say, Belichick squad against the Saints for the Cowboys against the Cowboys, something of that nature, the amount of conversation that'll spark from that will be next level. And you're right, roughing the passer too. These little glance of the helmet all of a sudden, now you're putting a ref in a position like, okay, do I call that because by the book it is the rule but if I do call it now we're completely extending the game and potentially changing the outcome of a game that matters very very much for the uh, maybe the success of the entire city going forward that is an interesting thing that I haven't even thought about is the penalty factor of it yeah and then and then add the fact that look say you have the ball and you're up by 10 points say you're the opponent has the ball and you're up by 10 and there's eight minutes to go in the game. They drive it all the way down the field, but they use up almost seven minutes. They get it below the two minute to score. Now you're going to reward them by giving them a chance to convert when the defense has been tired for seven minutes. Because the reason the defense is tired is because the opponent has been the clock, not the team on the field. So they've let that clock milk down. They're doing their job. Now you're going to reward them for a fourth and 15 when the defense is tired and then you can't play you can't play zone against it because it's too easy. If you play man and get your hands on a fourth and fifteen, they'll be able to call you. I mean, you're really limited. You play zone and you illegal contact the receiver eight yards down the field. Oh, flag. Okay, try it again. Oh, no, flag. Try it again. I mean, how many bat bats do you want to get? Why? So we can take the worst team, the team that's been behind all game, and give them a competitive chance. You know, I'm not for it. Hey, if you don't want us dancing, don't let us score. <laughs> if you don't want to lose because you can't convert an onside kick, don't be down at the end of a game. That is kind of the thought of everything. And it's interesting because they are over overturning the reviewing of pass interference because Alberto Riveron botched it so much last year. And when the report came out that Troy Vincent has said, we failed on the pass interference review, it's like, I don't think that's accurate, Troy. I think the rest of the world got it right, actually. There was just yeah, one person right. who was choosing whether or not to overturn it that got it wrong. And now you're talking about fourth and 15s extending games and pass interference and you can't review it this is very interesting you're 100 right this puts even more pressure on the humans on the field who already have enough pressure on them to potentially not get hated by everybody in the building at all times no, no doubt i mean look we know riveron was sleeping for nine months i mean i don't know what troy's talking about rip ron riveron was sleeping i mean how many calls did he miss and they're telling me the system was had riveron made calls that should have gone the right way we wouldn't be complaining about it but he was asleep at the wheel I mean, it, and, and Troy's coming in late and, and talking about it like, oh, we did a bad job. Well, Troy, your job is to fix the problem when it happens, not after reflection. I mean, that's not what we do. It's, I really think, and just another thing, holding on offense should only be five yards, not 10 yards. It makes no sense that that's a 10-yard penalty. Uh, Garrett Bowles supports that completely. Well, well I, I believe that because if you get one holding, which happens on every single play. It, it drives over. It's that's over. why Garrett Bowles, you got to take him off the field because he kills more drives than anybody for the Denver Broncos, the left tackle. I mean, that's why he supports five yards. He's written the petition. He's got it up before Congress. He's clearly – he holds all day long. So – you, every once in a while, you'll come on here, and there's just somebody that I don't even know is in the league that's just going to get buried from Michael Lombard. <laughs> this guy. Well, I mean, you know, it, it, it's, he's the starting left tackle for the Denver Broncos, and if you talk to anybody who watches Bronco games, he's a drive killer. 
He's a drive killer. He just kill, he holds. He leads the league in holding the last three years. And it, by the way, holding can get called on every single play. You ask any offensive lineman, they'll say that. You ask any defensive lineman, they'll say that. It's just the egregious ones that get called. But if they're called or accidentally called, it's like, yeah, well, there's 10 yards. Your entire drive is over. Let's talk about the football power index. Did you see this thing come out? Computers uh, dictated what's going to happen next season. <laughs> no, I haven't seen it. I can't wait to see this. I can't. What, what's the what's the what's what, what do we have? What do you have up your sleeve? First four makes sense. Kansas City Chiefs, Baltimore Ravens, Niners, Saints, okay? And then at five, they have the Dallas Cowboys, who don't even know who's going to play quarterback. Why is that? Could you fathom why a computer thinks the Dallas Cowboys are going to be number five? Well, I, I think the, probably because Jerry owns the computer and he's programmed <laughs> yeah. so that he knows it. That was literally what I said. I, I actually said that that computer must live on Jerry Jones' yacht. I said, uh, this seems I like... I mean, Jerry's got stock in that computer company <laughs> running the thing. There's no doubt. I mean, what does Jerry not have stock in? Like, you know, seriously. You know, all the masks we bought, I'm sure Jerry was buying, had that stock in that, you know? So uh, I, I think the Cowboys will be pretty good. I really do. I think McCarthy gets a beating for being a bad coach. I think McCarthy's a solid coach. He's a, he's a solid coach. And I think they need solid. Look, they were 31st in the National Football League last year in close games. They were one and seven in close games. They can't. They couldn't win one. They had the worst special teams in football. Bad. They hired one of the best special teams coaches in John Fossil. I like them. I'm surprised the Eagles are that high. Frankly, I think the Eagles. My inclination with the Eagles are it's going to be a hard schedule for them. Can you see this list? Yeah, you can see this list right now. Yeah, I do, and I love Seattle. Look, I love Seattle. I think Tampa's way overrated. I, I Look, I really Jeez. do. How about New England being nine, though, yeah. with Jared Stidham? How Not, about that? We don't what? know if it's Jared Stidham. Nobody has come out and said it's Jared Stidham. Do you think it is definitely Jared Stidham being a starting quarterback week one? I, I think it's – I look, no one's going to be given a job in New England, right? So it's going to be his job to lose. But, I, I mean, he's going to have to earn it all the way. There's no doubt about that. He's going to have to earn that job. You've come on here and said before that you don't see the Cam Newton uh, factor for New England at all. He's still a free agent right now. Do you think he lands anywhere? And do you think any of these teams that are in, let's say, the top 14 would pick him up to be a backup quarterback? Oh, uh, I mean, look, if you're smart, if you're Pittsburgh, I mean, you, I love the Duckster. You love the Duckster. But we wouldn't want, we wouldn't want his name going out there. The, I mean, the Rams don't have a backup. They don't have cap room. Buffalo, I think Buffalo's got a Super Bowl team. But it comes down to Josh. You put Josh, you put Cam Newton on the Buffalo Bills. You would give them the East right now. You would give them the East. Brandon Bean, I mean, G- general manager of the Buffalo Bills, said he will not bring in Cam Newton because he is empowering Josh Allen. They're putting the pieces around Josh Allen. They want Josh Allen to know this is his team. They they think that Josh Allen made a massive jump last year, which I would say he did, and they're expecting that same type of thing going in next year. But it will be interesting because if he doesn't, and the Bills Mafia does not do, because it's the first time the door's been open in the AFC East, if they don't have success, will Bills Mafia or people around the league and people that's Speak, uh, speak in a microphone and say, you know, if they had Cam Newton, probably a much better squad. That's going to happen in a lot of places, by the way. The places, yeah. Yeah, that's going to happen everywhere. I mean, you, Brandon could say all he wants, and I respect him. I really do. But Josh Allen's seven for 54 on throws over, tw- over 30 yards. You know, he's 21 for 76 on throws over 20 yards. I mean, if he went to the county fair, he ain't bringing back a stuffed animal. I'm just telling you. You know, it's hard for him, okay? It's hard for him. He, he He's not bringing back. I mean, so, look, you can have Stephon Diggs wide wide open, and if you can't hit him, you're not getting a stuffed animal. You're not getting a touchdown. Brandon Bean would say that he hadn't had a deep threat like Stephon Diggs. That's why his numbers haven't been great. But I think John Brown gets down the field. I think they got guys who get down the field. But anyway, we can debate that later. 
Jacksonville Jaguars are ranked number 32 out of 32 teams on this FBI. How do you feel about that? Well, you know, my nickname for the, the general manager is David Blaine Caldwell because he's a magician. He's truly a magician. He's He's been remarkable. Since 2013, they've only picked it outside the top 10 once. He still has his job. He has more players outside the top five that are playing somewhere else than on his team. So I, I think they're definitely tanking. I mean, when you sign Mike Lennon, and God love Mike Lennon, right? I mean, but Mike Lennon as the backup quarterback instead of Cam Newton, seriously, are you really trying to win? Are you trying to win? I don't think you are. I mean, like, Cam Newton's better than Gardner Minshew. He's better than – he's better. I mean, Cam's got to be sitting in Charlotte saying, like, seriously, they would rather have Gardner Minshew and Mike Lennon? If you and I were to make a trade and Cam Newton – and we could trade Gardner Minshew and Mike Lennon for Cam Newton, with that, there's no way that you would get turned down that trade every time. So it makes no sense. So clearly, Jacksonville's tanking. They want Trevor Lawrence. Let's talk about trades a little bit because you were general manager for the Browns and you're in the front office there for a while with the Patriots. When trades happen, is there? We talked to Brandon Bean, who said last year, whenever he heard there was maybe a potential rift between Diggs and the Vikings, he was like, "Hey, we're in the market for a wide receiver. Do you guys look to trade?" And they said, "No, we're not looking to trade." I think he alluded to the fact that he was potentially in the market for Emmanuel Sanders and somebody else. They were in the market for a wide receiver but it was it none of them came to fruition that's why he got digs this offseason when he could but whenever you're a general manager are you all year like looking around snooping around like hey is there a chance this guy's on the market and what would you take for him like for instance people are saying jamal adams of the jets is potentially going to get traded to the cowboys because jerry wants to bring him back to dallas jamal adams isn't happy with the jets because the gm answered a call on a potential trade after telling him he's not going to get traded like is there other teams other than the cowboys calling the jets right now like hey we heard jamal adams is potentially on the block is that happening those conversations happen on a frequent basis yeah i think they do and i mean a lot of it is because you could follow the you know connect the dots right so jamal adams does joe douglas the gm of the jets does he want to pay jamal adams huge money in his sixth year does he want to extend his deal and if you say probably he doesn't let's just say he doesn't then you know he's available then you know he's available because you know he doesn't want to he doesn't want to pay him for a long-term deal so now you got to get into the market and you got to decide do i pay him a huge sum of money to get an extension plus satisfy the jets on the trade those are hard things to do those are hard things to do. He's available, but you've got to have an appetite to pay the player and then pay the ransom. Those are hard things to do. That's what happened. You know, with, that's what happened with Jalen Ramsey last year getting out of Jacksonville. Everybody saw there was a beef, and he was owed a big contract at some point. For instance, though, like Malik Hooker's fifth year option was declined by the team. If you're the GM of another team, does that make you think like, okay, the Colts are potentially good to part ways with Malik if we come with the right setup to get him? I'm not saying that the Colts will trade Malik Hooker. This is just a situation that just happened in Indianapolis. Is there GMs calling Boward like, hey, what's the deal with Malik? You don't want him to do it. Can we potentially get in play with him because we look to pay for him later? Yeah, no, I think he's definitely in play. And I think there's teams that are having dialogue. And I think what Chris Ballard has to decide to do, do I take this pick or do I wait for the compensatory pick? Would I rather have the player than the pick? I mean, I'm not going to have the player after next year anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But do I want him this year for this team, or would I rather have the pick for next year's team? And that's the debate. And clearly, based on the offers he's gotten, he'd rather have the player than the pick. 
he's available. It's just going to come down to whether you want to pay the price that Chris wants for him. So you guys, like Jamal Adams is mad at Joe Douglas for taking the call from the Cowboys to potentially trade for him whenever he told, Joe Douglas told Jamal Adams that he wasn't going to trade him. Are general managers on the phone a lot talking about trades, like a lot more than I could ever imagine? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and you're going to call the guy up and say, hey, look, you know, I know you don't want to sign Jamal, you know, and the reason teams will say, you know, they're not trading the guys because it helps their stock. They have to improve their position. You know, they're negotiating leverage when it gets out that Stefan Diggs is unhappy. It tends to go down. So what do you do to increase your negotiating leverage? You say no. You say, I'm not trading them. That gives you strength in a negotiation. It doesn't mean you're not going to do it. There's all different variances of no. You know, if you called the Bengals to trade for Joe Burrow, that would be a no. <laughs> if you called the Bengals to trade for Ryan Finley, they might say no, but that's really not a no. That's a different kind of no. So you've got to figure out what, what no's mean anything. Like, the, the Andre Hopkins was available all last year. All last year, all summer he was available before the season began. It's just they couldn't find the price that made sense for them. Shinzu, art of war, look strong when weak, look weak when strong. I like to hear that most GMs are doing that. You traded Trent Richardson for a number one overall pick to the Indianapolis Colts. Was there other teams that were calling for Trent? And how did we know that Trent was potentially being traded? Well, because remember, when go back to the time when you were on that team, you, were, you needed a running back. You didn't have a you didn't have a bell cow, and we had just come into Cleveland, and basically I knew the longer we played Trent Richardson, the worse it was going to get. Like either we traded him now, or we were going to get a fifth or a sixth round pick for him. So we had to make take while the shine was on him, we had to make it. So Joe Banner, the 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 president of the team, he and Ryan Grigson go back to the Philadelphia days, and he floated it out there. Hey, look, we'll trade guys, but we're not giving guys away. And he took the bait. He took the bait. And then we were negotiating with nobody else really was that that hot after him, especially for who trades a first round pick for a running back. But you guys were chasing a Super Bowl. We were. And and that was gonna get the guy over the top. My son worked for the 49ers and everybody at the Niners, you played the you played the Niners the next week. Right. And we everybody on that staff was like, oh, why'd your dad trade him to the to the Colts? You know, that's dumb. Your dad, your dad's going to get fired. Hey, they were right. Your dad did get fired. <laughs> but that wasn't a bad trade. Well, we had a Maude Bradshaw, too, at that time. And he had a neck is issue, but he was healthy for that Niners game. A Maude, I think, had two touchdowns, maybe three touchdowns. Trent, I think, had a touchdown. That was out in Candlestick. From the one yard line. It, it, from the one yard line. Somebody pushed oh, him. Oh, my oh. God. Were you watching that game after you of traded him? I was watching that game. I, I studied every play. Are you kidding me? I, didn't, I knew I was right, but I wanted to make sure I was right. Golly. That's an interesting little piece of information. Like right now, there's a conversation happening between two GMs about a potential trade, you think? Yeah, no doubt. And sometimes it goes like this. When Ron Wolf traded for, you know, Ron Wolf got, uh, remember the running back, Ahmad Green? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Ron Wolf calls up. I forget who the GM was at Seattle at the time. It might have been Randy Mueller. He calls up Randy Mueller and says, hey, Randy, I, I got, you know, Fred Vincent, I think, as a corner who's going into his fourth year. I'm not going to probably sign him. You got anybody who you don't want to sign going into their fourth year? Let's just trade those two guys. And he traded Amon Green for Fred Vincent, and that's how the deal happened. You think anybody ever called to trade for me? Uh, you know, I, I would probably think there would have been, you know, because you changed field. You did kickoffs, punts. I mean, hey, you know, that's hey, like, on, you wear great, you, nobody wears shorts like that. I mean, come on. Seriously, who can pull that off? You see them thighs? <laughs>
I mean, that thigh is worth. I mean, that thigh is worth a lot of money. Let's a lot. That, <laughs> this thigh is worth a lot of money. This one ain't worth a single damn. Like, <laughs> but this one here is really good. Hey, Mr. Lombardi, as are you. Great conversation. I feel like I learned a lot, and I appreciate the hell out of you, buddy. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Sorry for the phone. I got to get my office fixed here. I'll get it worked out. What happened? What's going on over there? Well, I got. I'm in my office here, so this is like it looks like a detective agency in here. Oh. You know? I got Jerry Rice over here. I got my man Randy over here. MVP of tailgating. <laughs> I got my man Randy. I got the Sopranos over oh. here. Oh. Oh. And then I got Valley Forge Military Academy over here where they sent me off to. So, I didn't know you know, that. and I got a little Browns member base. But this is where I kind of work. Sometimes I come down here, but I got to get a better gig. Or I, I, have a, I have a computer in here with a video screen. I just got to hook it up with your guys. We'll send you a we'll send you a thing that'll hold it up there and even put some good lighting on there. We'll get that pies on. Well, all I got a skin. video camera. Your video guy's got to call me. We'll, we'll we'll work it out. Zeta, the guy you'll be t is this guy. This guy is the guy that'll be calling you right there. The guy that <laughs> yeah, says, "Call me. We'll get it straightened out." Hey, you were incredible today. Thank you Thanks, so much, buddy. ladies bye -bye. and gentlemen. Michael Lombardi. Yeah, bye, Michael. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped. Everybody knows that Manscaped is the greatest company in below-the-belt grooming to ever exist. Ow! Oh, son of a bitch! Those are screams and sounds I used to make when I would cut myself shaving before I knew about the Manscaped. Thank you, Manscaped, for turning my loud shrieks into multiple peaks. Man, start taking notes. Because Manscaped accidents are finally a thing of the past. No more cuts and nicks with the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. This is a third-generation trimmer featuring an advanced skin-safe technology so you keep your bad boys nice and smooth. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes. Take your time, Donner. Huh? Bob Ross said thing. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud. Because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. So many people have written in stories about how the lawnmower 3.0 has changed their lives. They even included pics so I could see the smoothness for myself. <laughs> they did not. I did not. That did not happen. But you get it. You need to try this out for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code McAfee at manscaped.com. That's M-C-A-F-E-E -E at M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. Manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping with the code McAfee. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with code McAfee at manscaped.com. Your partner... Your dick and your balls. Well, thank you. We're being joined by a man who led the Jets to the AFC Championship game uh, and was a stallion on the football field for the USC Trojans. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the greatest mustaches quarantine has ever seen, Cowboy, the Sanchez, Mark Sanchez. Yeah! Mark! 
Thanks for having me, fellas. Uh, Mark, you look fantastic. Thank you for joining us. Um, quick question yeah. about the state of Mark Sanchez. How is lockdown quarantine in California? The last time we got to see your pool, it was one of the most beautiful views I've ever seen in my life. How is the lockdown in California at the moment? Uh, it's a little gray right now, but oh. uh, that's normal. May and June, you get the June gloom and May gray. Oh, but uh, burns off around noon and then it's, you know, high 70s, low 80s, beach weather, pool weather. Waiting for sports to come back, man. It looks like we got some traction on the NBA, so that's nice. But, you know, I feel like the NFL is getting the benefit of watching all these other sports go through stuff. And by the time it's, you know, football season, they're just going to roll right through it and, the, and make it happen. The NFL is going to ford the river for sure. They, they don't know how they're going to go about doing it. Stephen Ross has already come out and said, we're going to play games. We just don't know if they're going to have fans or not, which seems to be a government decision. Then you look at the MLB, the negotiation between the Players Association and the league, that is not going to happen. There's a potential I, There's a potential I get to play for the Yankees this year because <laughs> I think they're, they want to have a season, but the players aren't going to play. But let's talk about, you're, were you born and raised in Southern California? Yes, sir. Okay, you played at USC, born and raised in Southern California. This name, image, likeness thing that's coming to be. If you right. if you were at USC when you were, or Leinert, or back whenever USC was relevant, how big do you think this name, image, likeness thing would play in for the USC Trojans? It's huge. I mean, the market is so big. Uh, you just feel like, well, then it's unfair to certain guys, you know, because they're not, you're not the starting quarterback at SC. Let's say you're, uh, maybe a tackle or a defensive player that's a solid player, but you're not going to sell as many jerseys. So then you don't get the revenue. Well, it works like that in the NFL too. It works like that all over sports. So, I mean, it's just kind of a free market system. The other thing though is w what's frustrating to me and a lot of these players now, let's say you play water polo for USC, USC. you play um, soccer for USC and you're on the U.S. national team. And in the summer, you want to have a little clinic. You want to do a little soccer clinic in your local neighborhood. You want to put on a little water polo, uh, whatever, exhibition game or something. And you can't charge kids by using your name, image, and likeness on your Instagram. You can't put out a, an ad saying, hey, sign up. It's 25 bucks. I'll teach you how what we do with water polo. I'll teach you how to do some drills in soccer. And you can't use that. And you just want a, potentially a gold medal or you medaled in the Olympics and you play in college and, and you can't advertise that to do a little summer camp. That's crazy. But as soon as you open up that box, it's on. And then it's just a free enterprise, free market. And now, you know, boosters are going to be paying kids to come speak at their golf club oh. and their tournament for 20 grand. I mean, think about it. You don't think Kyler Murray could have got 20 grand from some guy in Oklahoma that wants him at his golf club? For sure he can. So... It's just going to be a totally different landscape, but everything, I feel like everything after this pandemic, you know, you told me six months ago, this is going to be going on. You're going to be wearing a mask and gloves to go get gas in your car. I would have said you're crazy. But I just feel like anything's on the table now, especially after the world went through what it went through. Well, Reggie Reggie Bush is currently caught up in a misquote out of context thing. And by the way, there's a guy that lost his Heisman because of an alleged name, image, likeness, receiving cash so his family could have an apartment. I don't remember the exact story. I'll be intrigued to see how it all plays out. And I didn't plan on asking you that question. But then as I remembered that you have lived this perfect life out in Southern <laughs> California, I just thought about Reggie Bush there. Let's talk about the NFL a little bit. Let's pivot 
over to the NFL a little bit. There's a quarterback out there in Cam Newton who just saw Mike Glennon get signed to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who by all accounts have gone all in with Minshew being their guy. They're bringing Glennon to be a backup. Then you see Joe Flacco get signed to the Jets. He's not even be ready by the time season kicks off, if season kicks off at the same time. If you're Cam Newton, what's your mindset? Where do you think he potentially ends up? And is there a chance he sits out this year as a guy who is a former quarterback in the NFL at a very high level? I don't, I don't think he sits out. I think every year, um, you know, and it's unfortunate, but especially because of the way this offseason has gone, the chance for injury is so high. And you're not hoping anybody gets hurt. You're not predicting anyone gets hurt. But usually there's anywhere from three to like six on a high year of quarterbacks who go down, just starters, whether it's in training camp, they twist mm. an ankle, they bust their thumb on a helmet. I mean, something always happens, right? So he's going to get a chance. It's just how long is he willing to wait for that chance? And will he be ready when he gets that opportunity? Um, I think if if I'm him, you know, I would have thought the Chargers would have been a good landing spot for him, but they shirt up their quarterback room, so they're out. But look at a place where that has somebody coming back from injury. Get him in Pittsburgh, man. That's a place that's – listen, you got to understand the dynamic of Cam, too. He's not just bringing a player. He's a personality. He's a big personality guy, and that's what fuels him. That that is what makes Cam Cam right. A lot, a lot like uh, you know, if people are like, well, you know, maybe if he was a little more humble. Well, if Floyd May- Mayweather talked a little less smack, he's not Floyd Mayweather. So I don't want to hear it. That's just who he is, and he's a baller. He was an MVP. So go to Pittsburgh. He can handle it. Tomlin can handle him. Tomlin handled. A.B. and Le'Veon Bell for a couple years. At the same damn time, by the way, and Roethlisberger. If anybody can handle it and anybody has a strong enough starter, I'd go to Pittsburgh. Okay, so the the alleged stories out of Pittsburgh is that they don't want to bring in another quarterback that Ben Roethlisberger views as potential competition because they want to go all in with Ben here. They want him to feel good and empowered and things of that nature. Whenever you were done, what was the story? When you decided to retire, were you injured? I don't remember how it ended with old Mark Sanchez. Uh, I ended in D.C. and had a couple opportunities in TV and just thought, you know, this is kind of the route I'm going. I feel like... I played for a while. I got my son who was at the time had just turned two. And for me to go away for six to nine months every year wasn't wasn't the ideal situation for me at home. And so I get a chance to be a dad, get to be around sports and uh, had a good little run. But it was uh, it was the right decision and the right timing for me. When you went into the NFL, did you expect success? Yeah, I would assume your number five overall pick. You had to expect success. But the success that you had in the New York Jets franchise that they haven't had since and they didn't have before that for a long time, I think to a lot of people in the NFL world was a bit surprising, especially whenever you mix in the fact that Rex Ryan was the head coach, which nobody knew what was going to happen. Right. There. Well, we, we had such a veteran team, and that's what – that's what's difficult, you know, for a guy like Sam Darnold right now. He's going through this like, well, Sanchez went to the AFC Championship twice. It's like, well, we drafted at a way different position. We had a secure offensive line. We weren't building an offensive line like they are. We added skill players right away. We added like three Hall of Famers to our team in my first two years that set the mood in the locker room. They handled everything. We had I mean, coach, coach didn't have to say much to the team other than get us fired up like he did, but everything else was handled. Nobody was late. Everybody took care of their business because we had a veteran team. Right now, they're still building something for Sam. And if you look at those last couple games last year, I mean, he was easily one of the best quarterbacks in the division last year. 
and he's playing his butt off. They just weren't playing for anything yet. So it, it's it's difficult, and I went a different way with that question. But when I came in, you're in that rookie bubble, right? You don't know what's what, and you're just head down and playing. So when we go back-to-back AFC championships, sure, we, we had our ups and downs in those years, but you just don't that, – that just becomes normal, right? So the third year when we didn't make the playoffs, it was like the end of the world. You know, it was the first time I wasn't playing – into December, January with a bowl game in college or deep into the playoffs. And so we're done right after New Year's. It was the weirdest feeling. And then we got so much heat from the media. It felt like everything was over. Like you just ruined everyone's life, you know? So <laughs> it was uh, that was one of the toughest off seasons for me is, is trying to handle that adversity. And then when we started playing the, you know, the, the, turnstile door and 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 um you know adding a bunch of free agents changing everything up every year and it it became difficult consistency is such a big deal for a team to have success and that's that's not just because the players know each other but it's also the chemistry of the locker room which is a massive x factor i'll never forget we played in the super bowl my rookie year we beat you guys knocked you guys out of the playoffs the um the uh (laughs) i didn't do anything to be honest i had two tackles (laughs) hey give your kid his hulk hands back all right dad of the year but the um Whenever we lost the Super Bowl, it was the most miserable locker room I'd ever walked into in my life. I, I've, to, I've said this before. The most miserable place I've ever walked into before was that locker room after we lost the Super Bowl. In my mindset as a rookie, I was like, God, we'll be back next year, dude. Like, right. what, what are we yeah, even? Yeah, don't worry about it. What are we, hey, guys, cheer up. We're gonna be, we did not. A couple <laughs> years later, we were almost completely defeated because of yeah. the structure and organizational change and things like that. How important is it for us to withhold judgment of a quarterback if they're in a situation that is obviously not ideal for their success? Because I believe that if a quarterback is in a bad spot, there's a chance that their career, no matter how good they are, is not going to be worth a damn. Am I accurate in saying that? Not just quarterback, oh. every player, but the organization is such a big deal. It's, it's every player, but especially at that position. And then you got to add the psychological part of it, the uh, perception part of it, because that perception now, because of, especially because of cell phones and social media, like guys get those opinions immediately to their phone in the locker room. And that becomes what they think. That becomes like, oh, well, maybe this guy isn't a starter. Maybe he's better as a backup. Oh. Maybe we should draft so-and-so, you know? so. Those things leak in the building, and the best organizations have a good system in place to try and block out all that noise. And it is hard, man. It's hard. But you look at um, what's encouraging about some of these young guys, and it's, I mean, um, when we were texting about the AFC East last night, Josh Allen, you know, Stidham, those kind of guys, the Patriots, they're set up very similar to when Tom came in and played. They got some veteran guys. They got guys who won a bunch of playoff games. I mean, that kind of experience is crazy. You, there's nothing that can make up for that. Do you and think all you, those guys have a little – all of them have a little chip on their shoulder. You like, think oh, the Patriots are going to be – you think the Patriots are going to be good next year, huh? Yeah, you do. It's it, them or the Bills in the East. It's oh, them or the Bills. Brian Flores is not going to be happy to hear that. <laughs> they've been – Why? Hey. Tell me why not. Why, I just think that they, they – They're going to run – dude, they have three really good running backs, right? Burkhead, Michelle, and um, – Give me the other one, James, James White. White. Yeah, White. Right? Sweet They're, feet, White. Right? Tell me their skill players aren't the best or second best in the division to Buffalo. 
Okay, well, let's talk about that Buffalo team that you're talking about. And we're talking about the tweets and the texts and getting into the building like maybe this guy isn't the starter. I think that is why a lot of people are scared to bring in Cam Newton as a backup quarterback because it, it as soon as somebody struggles, let's say it's Josh Allen because it was linked that they're, the, calling, for him. they're calling for his head. Yep. Bingo. And Brandon Bean came on our team, G, or came on our show, GM for the Bills. He said, we're empowering Josh Allen to say, hey, this is your team, right? But going into his third year now, he made a big jump last year. Going into his third year, I feel like Bill mafia is expecting him to be a much better quarterback than he was last year when he was good last year much better than he was his first year i think bill's mafia is going to expect a lot out of him and if they were to bring in a cam newton or something of that nature there's a chance that they're calling for that guy and i think that stinks for cam newton that he's so good but that's a reality of the situation it, it's the reality of the situation it's the way the quarterback market was this year it was oversaturated and he's just in a tough spot at a tough time. But when you're that good of a player, when you have that kind of determination, something usually good happens. I mean, the guy was the MVP of the league. He took his team to the Super Bowl. He's got serious talent and serious potential, and he's got something to prove right now. So he's a dangerous player that he could step in and do something pretty serious. Uh, but you go to Josh Allen, and I know the bar has been set pretty high. You know, they get to the playoffs, all this kind of stuff. It's really a couple decisions with the football, especially late in the game against Houston. That ball pitch. comes out, squirts out a little bit. He takes a couple hits that you don't want him to take. If he takes a, a handful less hits, takes care of the ball maybe a handful more times, we're talking 10 total plays, 10 total plays. And this dude's QBR, his the perception of him, the way things will just get going. And look at their, look at their, look what they did for him. I mean, they got some good running backs now. They just drafted the kid from Utah who's a baller, Moss. Uh, they got Singletary who kind of took over for LaShawn McCoy's role. So they got a serious catcher out of the backfield, a guy who can catch 40, 50 balls easy. Um, and if he can rely on a guy like that, use his legs when he has to, and stop taking those big hits even though he's a big body, your best ability is availability. Bingo. Do not get hurt. You cannot get hurt, right? What did what – did, um, um, Tom Moore say of Peyton Manning, he said, why did the backups didn't get any any reps? He said, because if Peyton goes down, we're effed. We don't practice that. <laughs> right? practice that. So you're not getting any reps, backup quarterback. Peyton, stay healthy. Josh Allen, stay healthy. Keep balling, but stay healthy. Take care of that football. If, if, if 18 goes down, <laughs> we're anyway <laughs> tom moore legend of a man uh, so good. he is he, josh allen the big problem that he has and michael lombardi comes on our show and he drops his stat all the time he was like one for 700 on deep balls or something last year how easy is that to adjust as a quarterback can you get better at that like let's say you bring in a stefan diggs who is a real deep threat can you get better at that type of thing is that something you can get better at got to practice it a bunch especially with that kind of guy and practice all the situations like is this a cover to whole shot deep ball or is this just put everything you can in run under it what exactly are you trying to get out of these deep balls and then go back and look some look at some of the stats like around 40 yards and five yards from the sideline is when they're usually caught that's like kind of average and pretty solid Look at look at some of the best deep ball throwers. You're not completing more than 25, 30% of those balls. You're completing all these balls underneath. Okay. And then you take your shot. You, even if you go one for four on deep balls, as long as you hit your other, you know, if you go 15 for 20 on the other ones, who cares? Who cares? You might have a big splash play down the field. But if you're consistent, uh, look at true. He's not completing balls 50, 60 yards down the field. They might for 50 or 60 because of who he's throwing to. 
but those balls are getting completed under nine <laughs> like that. Got, he's really good. You got an impression for everybody. That's good. Well, I just get you know I get a bit antsy over here. As soon as you, I got ADD too, so as soon as you say somebody's name, no, not the, you. The first thing that pops <laughs> into my mind is what happens uh, before we let you go here. We can't thank you enough for joining us, Tom Brady. Incredible golfer, obviously showcased that. Oh. Did you watch the match? What were your thoughts? Peyton Manning, I, legendary I, I stuff. I saw some of those. Oh. Charles Barkley is one of the dudes around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you and Charles Barkley should do stuff. You should commentate on everything. I would like to let Charles Every- Barkley know I would like to work together at some point if Turner hey. wants to yeah. back a Brinks truck up. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Absolutely. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Sanchez, thanks for setting us up. I need a cut of that. I'm going to need a cut no, of that. No, no, get your little cowboy ass out there to Southern California. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Jets quarterback, USC All-American. What a stud. Fifth pick overall in the draft. Fifth. Yeah. And we beat you my second year. Knocked you out of the playoffs. I forgot to tell you. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. <laughs> Mark Sanchez. Mark. Mark. Appreciate y'all. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Mark. Uh, good guy, by the way. Love mm-hmm. Sanchez. Yeah. Big fan. Very handsome, obviously. Very successful. Very wealthy and very cool. That's not an easy thing to pull off. The man. Being a quarterback in New York, New Jersey, has to be tough too, especially <laughs> when you're Sanchez. And, and Rex, by the way, is calling for yes, the spotlight to keep coming too. Yeah. Rex Ryan deserves another head coaching gig, I believe. And Mark Sanchez deserves a little bit more credit for the success he had with the New York Jets. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. I know you have a lot of other options. The fact that you allow us to penetrate your ears. We are eternally grateful. Thanks to all the guests, obviously, taking time out of the day to chit-chat with us. We'll see you manana for a nice feel-good Friday. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music. <laughs> <laughs>